Hello, my name is Matt and I play Fox. I look to the left because I'm used to my camera being on the left, but now it's to the right. Hello. Uh, on to the next. <laughs> hey, I'm Wash. I play Jebediah Peppermint, a little gun wizard. He's a little dirt mole folk. He's a little spitfire that spits fire and fire spit. Off to you, Jake. Hi, I'm Josh. I'm the dungeon master. <laughs> and I like to play D&D. I'm actually Jake, and I play Alan Woodrier, the Azimar Barbarian. Oh my Hi, I'm Zothkog. I am the orc cleric. I have adopted a Myconid. I treat him like my child, but he's not actually my child. I didn't give birth to a Myconid. Hi, Josh. I'm Jake, one of the players in Josh's excellent D&D campaign, and I love Venmoing Josh $100 every Friday. Just kidding. I'm Josh, your Wing Badger Game Master for the evening, and we're going to kick things off today with a little opening monologue. Now, I've done some different things with these, but I thought it'd be fun to start expanding our worldview a little bit at the beginning of each session here. So today's opening monologue is actually going to take a look at a, a, a little bit of a historical event, if you will. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to dive history. into a little history and talk about that. So here we go. Here's, here's that. There was a time in the magical world of Urida known as the Five Century War. A conflict deep beneath the material plane of Eastern Urida between the rock-skinned Hematitians commanded by their god Zanir to delve deeper into the world and explore its mysteries and the drow whose home they invaded. Like a pendulum, the momentum of the war would swing this way and that, but never quite came to a stop as generations avenged generations avenging generations who never knew a life before the war. In the 497th year of the Five Century War, battle came, not for the first time, to the drow castle of Ambercliff. Using their inherent strength to maneuver massive siege engines into position, the Hematitians pushed the drow temporarily into Ambercliff Keep. Though with its many tiered defenses, they stood little chance of penetrating the keep itself. The drow, masters of magic, had woven many layers of protection over their stone walls, and projectiles merely bounced off. But this time would be different. A daring plan was hatched, and the Hematitians executed on it brilliantly. By painting their natural rock armor with a camouflage, a small strike force were able to sneak up to the wall of Ambercliff Keep. Though their knowledge of magic may not have been as great as the drow, their faith was, and they prayed fervently to their god Zanir for a blessing that would grant them access to the keep, that they may end the slaughter by capturing the governor and his family and holding them ransom for a ceasefire. Their prayers were answered. The magical defenses of the drow simply vanished. Inspired by the blessing their god had bestowed, this strike force overwhelmed a cannon emplacement and set fire to its powder stores, exploding a massive hole in the wall through which their army marched. The drow fierce warriors who pledged themselves to Selvatarm, god of war, leapt into battle with fervor. And if they weren't any match for the strength of their opponents, they were at least a match in will. And they fulfilled Selvatarm's demands that if they could not be victorious, they would die in battle, for they died in droves. As evening fell on Ambercliff Keep, as civilians raced for the governor's mansion in wild hopes that they might be saved, as buildings crumbled and fires gave the keep the coloring of its namesake, a war drum began to beat. Faster and faster, until it became a wall of thunder and the honor guard of the Hammer of Ambercliff rushed into battle. There are seven streets leading up to the governor's mansion in Ambercliff, and seven hammers of Ambercliff descended upon them like a tempest. These streets were all packed with Hematitian soldiers who could not react in time to the absolute slaughter that fell upon them, attempting to call on their own magic, their blessing of Zanir, and finding it also gone. For an hour, it seemed the tide had turned. 
but fire takes no sides in a war. And the fires burning, the lower tiers of Ambercliff were climbing slowly and steadily higher, with the smoke turning combat into a race for survival through packed streets. Most of the hammers were forced to retreat and make a final stand in the castle, but one hammer, led by the infamous Captain Bastion Stonespear, charged straight into the flames, lighting themselves, their armor, and their weapons before absolutely decimating the Hematicians. Further and further they pressed until they emerged outside the fire at the rear lines of the Hematician army. Lulled into thinking their siege work was done, they caught these people unawares and made quick work of a huge chunk of that army. As they finally took a moment to rest and clean their weapons, they were treated to a smoky view of Ambercliff Keep burning. Their valor meant nothing. For at the top of the hill, the other six hammers were eventually overcome, and the keep was breached. Within the walls of the governor's mansion, civilians played dead or begged for their lives as the governor and his family were led to the balcony overlooking the city. There, they were methodically and efficiently hung before the building was set aflame with all remaining civilians inside it. However, in the tumult, nobody stopped to count the members of the governing family. Indeed, if they had, perhaps they'd have discovered the governor's youngest son missing. Perhaps they would have searched for him. Perhaps, had the Hematicians not been choked on smoke and blinded by their battle rage, the Hematicians might have noticed a loose floorboard in the boys' room. Perhaps, had their ranks not watched and cheered as a family hung over flames, the Hematicians might have seen a small sack of what looked like trash rolling down the street, cleared out by that hammer of Ambercliff. Perhaps they would have noticed many things, but even in the days following their victory, all any of the Hematicians noticed was the silence of their god in victory. Sufficiently reprimanded by both of their gods, the Hematicians and the drow of neighboring Irongard made peace that very summer, and Ambercliff was left, for the moment, as a monument to the day they pushed their gods too far. But enough of history, for today's tale takes place on the west end of Urida, in a small cave beside some wheel ruts where four unlikely companions were pretending to journey to the city of Tumbleweb in search of answers. Welcome back to the Wing Badger Tavern. Sinir, Gontaeus, Kotex, Awara. Long ago, the four ancients created a world in harmony. Then, everything changed when the chat emped magic. Only Kelnor, master of good vibes, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. Two years have passed, and four adventurers have discovered a conspiracy, a company selling magic. And although their roleplay is great, they have a lot of XP to earn before they're ready to save anyone. But I believe they can save the world. Everybody roll initiative. Oh, snap. Wait, Whoa, already? Whoa. Whoa. Chat redeemed a random Wait, encounter. we don't roll initiative. We don't roll initiative. That's not how you do encounters, uh, Josh. Right. We don't normally roll initiative, but it felt good to say. <laughs> I'm sure glad because I got a one. <laughs> now All that right. we know that we no longer need it. <laughs> now that we know that we no longer need it. Let's have a look at what's going on here. You have woken up after resting at your campfire, spending perhaps a day, maybe a day and an evening going over your notes, looking into what you've learned, figuring out the pieces, the clues, putting things together. You wake up and immediately, Fox, you know something's not right. You see something zoom through the shadows. It whispers past you, whooshes past you, and the, the air running across your face tells you to alert your friends that combat is in the air, though you cannot yet see your attacker. You have 10 seconds, or 60 seconds, to talk tactics as Fox has alerted you to an incoming danger. 
Ryan, get up! We started combat so fast that Josh forgot how it worked. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Sometimes it do be like that. Uh, so okay. we don't know we're fighting. Um, do do we know if we're fighting anything? We've we're in initiative. You've we know that much. You've been surprised by something whooshing past your face into the shadows. That's what you know. All right, all right. We're still in the Everybody room. Everybody, right? back into a circle, yeah. and and prepare an attack. That's what I. That's what I vote. All right. I, I think that the, sounds great. I'm up on the card. I'm rushing to grab my... yeah, and then join. Oh, join the, the court. Yeah, get I on have the my... court. High ground. We'll be. We'll have the high ground. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Get on the high ground. I. I am. Are the animals hooked Alan up? Alan will just stand exactly the way he's standing in his little picture right now with his with his yeah, big uh, old DM, big sword. Are the drawn. animals hooked up? The animals, no, you've probably de-harnessed them for the night so they don't walk off with your cart and, like, tied them okay. off. All right, one second here, and go ahead and tell I me what you're doing. Jebediah. Let's start with Fox. What are you readying? I'm getting on that cart, and I'm readying attack, um, and I'm getting in such a position uh, where I'm facing a direction, assuming the others will face other directions. Great. Uh, <laughs> adding another die to the tension pool. Grubbug is on the game tonight. Wash Brunello, uh, what's man. Jebediah Peppermint yes. doing? Uh, Jeb is taking a defensive stance. He is uh, he's holding his blunderbuss up. I'm going to ready magic missile for if I see somebody. And I am fiercely guarding the most important thing, which is the crate of Wingle Digits. Okay. Uh, Alan Woodrear, what are you doing? Alan will follow Fox's lead on the uh, getting on the cart and facing a direction so that we can all face different directions off the cart with weapon drawn and attack ready. Great. That's and what I'm saying. Zothkug Hibub, our pacifist. What you doing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Zothkug is running to grab Yeah, and then uh, he's like clutching the pot in front of him, looking around uh, in a different direction than Alan. Okay, so pot. let's say you're at the foot of the cart. Like you haven't climbed in, but your back is against the cart so that you can cover the fourth direction because you had to like get the pot okay. and, and pick it up. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. at that moment... Uh, I never rolled perception. Fox, what's your AC, buddy? Oh, uh, it's 13. Oh, yep. Okay. Uh, so something whizzes out of the darkness at you. You may use your prepared attack to attempt to strike it. Oh, okay. Uh, die. <laughs> Let's see what we get. Oh, Ooh, almost an at 20. Um, okay, so... <laughs> If it if it's night, I'm probably using my daggers. The first thing I'd probably pull out. Okay. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know, I'm trying to role play here. Okay, rapier is my best weapon, but you know what? I, I I'm not gonna pull that out right away. So I got my daggers. I rolled an 18 to hit. Does 18 hit? An 18 does hit. You reach out with your dagger and you catch in mid attack a beast that is it it is dark and and mostly arms. And it's reaching towards you with these webbed hands, attempting to grasp you around your throat. You can recognize this as a choker, a small aberration. Ah. Also, Grubbug Josh uh, is the scary purple that's guy. Right. That's just it's him ju all That's the time. actually the video, Always. and then this is the gif of me. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you have hit it. How much hit have you done to it? I, I, I did it. A very massive three. All right. That, that is a massive three. Um, that, <laughs> record that it was massive, though. I would say three yeah. is massive. Like, was, Let the record show that the three was massive. A capital three. Yeah. I think three is capital massive. Capital three. All right, uh, Jebediah Peppermint, do you want to take your turn next? 
Do I see the uh, the creature? Yeah, Fox has moved. So you all, although you were looking another direction, which is why you didn't get to attack it, you can like you know that Fox moved and attacked a thing. So he has caught this creature basically like with a slash as he reaches out towards it, and it's now like right up in his face, scrabbling at him, trying to grab hold of him. I imagine yep. I'm holding it back with my dagger. <laughs> yeah, you're just like no. <laughs> uh, magic missile. That's uh, nine points of force damage as he just kind of stuffs a little spell slot pellet down into his gun. Great. Uh, make a dexterity save, Fox, to hold on to your dagger as it gets pushed a little bit back from Ooh. you. Uh, oh, 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 16. Okay. Ooh. You successfully hold your dagger and draw it out, covered in like a weird sludgy green blood as it comes ripping out of the choker. The choker howls <laughs> as it falls backwards. And it looks to be like it's it's kind of limping and weak and whatever. It draws in a deep breath, like it's about to to like bellow or do something. Owlin and Zothkug, since you both prepared, um, or just Alan, I guess, prepared an attack. So if you want, you can take your attack before it does whatever it's about to do. <gasps> okay, I'll slice it up. Slice that slice thing. Slice dice. We haven't sushi slice, tonight. Slice, 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 slice. Twenty-four. <laughs> what did you, is that to hit? Okay, I was yeah. like, but what you rolled a hit? Like, like you did 24 damage. Yeah, you that, hit it. Oh, yeah, that it. was it. Okay. How much slicey did I you do? Did, I did 13 slashing okay. damage. You slash across that thing and literally, like, you cut its leg off. Just like, and one webbed leg falls nice. to the side. The creature, where it had, like, taken this breath and was about to do this cry, it, like, falls to the ground and clutches at the blood like it's trying to hold it in place, and it looks like it's on the brink of unconsciousness. Zothkug, what are you going to do? Ouchie. Um, is there enough space under the cart for the pot? Uh, sure. Uh, Zothkug will, like, whisper into the pot, stay in here, little buddy, slide mm -hmm. it under, and then... He's going to uh, go over to the... What does the creature look like again? It's a choker. It's a humanoid, but it, it's not human. Like, its its arms are too long, and its legs are too long, and it has webbing between its fingers and its toes. It's all black, and it's covered in, like, a, a sort of sludge slime thing that makes it really hard to, like, grapple and hold onto, except on its webbed hands, which are, like, very, very sticky and tactile. Uh, Zothkug will like turn and face it and just be like hey man um, we don't really want to hurt you, um, <laughs> you I can help you with those wounds if if, 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 if you're, you're willing to listen and not attack us anymore the creature looks, looks just, up at you and it, it's like it's eyes are a little bit unfocused like it's right on the brink of passing out and it just shrieks and leaps towards you and it gets well let's see if it gets you or not uh does a 13 hit you no a 13 does not hit you so it leaps towards you but it's got a missing leg you you know you jump back out of the way and that kind of it doesn't hit you oh man not cool um, i'm assuming the other three of you are just gonna hit it but if you want a full 60 seconds this is the time to talk tactics zug don't try to talk down the thing that's killing us. <laughs> it's a. How do you know? It's probably just an animal. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Maybe we scared it, man. Scared it? It scared us. <laughs> it jumped us. We didn't. It's probably more afraid of us than we are. I, of I it, doubt man. that very much. <laughs> 20 seconds. While they're talking, I got another spell locked and loaded. Sure. 
And they're just they're just talking. And I'm just like, doom, doom, doom. <laughs> do you want to just go ahead in. and do it? <laughs> I'm going to take the time to pull well, up every wait, wait, before before the time's yeah. up. I know it's over. I was born a choker. It's true. No one's coming. <laughs> Actually, the whole party is coming for him. <laughs> Bruh. Anyway, that's all I had okay. to say. Well, Frostbite. Uh, yeah, cool. go ahead, Jeb. Think, yeah. Jeb, do your, do your thing. Frostbite at the choker. He's got to make a con save. <laughs> it fails. <laughs> it's that missing is... a leg. It's not feeling the most resilient. <laughs> Three cold damage. Mm-hmm. Three cold damage. It just like you see the the kind of cut where where its leg is missing, sort of ices over, and then it finally like goes still and sighs out of breath and just sort of begins resting. And you are back at your campfire with combat hey! having concluded. Wait, wait, wait! It's not dead though. Yeah, it's dead. Oh, okay. You said yeah. resting. It went. It went into no, each as if very it was long resting. Rest. Yeah, it's it's okay. it's it's died. <laughs> Thanks, chat, for triggering a random encounter. Remember, if you want to influence the adventure, take a look at what you can do with all those feathers at the bottom left of the chat box there. All right, all right. DM. Could I inspect it? Yeah, I was going to say, does it look edible? Does it look edible? <laughs> Roll survival. Jebediah wonders, <laughs> is this edible? Zothkug wonders, is this inedible? They are not the same. <laughs> they are not the same. <laughs> 19. Uh, 19. It does not look edible. Uh, you are fairly oh, fairly confident it would be somewhat toxic to eat. Uh, Zothkug, you may inspect it if you want. What are you looking for? Um, just observing the creature since it's something I've never seen before and seeing if it had any items, things sure. on it. Um, the, it, it does not have any items on it or anything. It has cartilage rather than like a bony skeleton, so it's like this really flexible, like like uh, kind of limp squishy like thing with these slimy arms and legs and everything well i guess leg uh and it it's got these really sharp teeth like you're pretty sure it's carnivorous uh that's okay. a third die in the tension pool i'm gonna I'm tensions gonna are it. ratcheting up tonight <laughs> you're gonna kick don't it don't eat it zoth i'm gonna kick it and be like zoth look at this man like this is this isn't something you talk to, okay? <laughs> I mean, it's not going to do you any good now. I don't know, now. man. Those flumps were pretty capable of speech. I don't know what's yeah. capable of speech and the flumps didn't and come at us with, like, tentacles and and, 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 and sharp teeth trying to they kill us. They literally came at us with tentacles. <laughs> I will say, the action of this creature was first and foremost aggressive. It's the first thing it did in our presence was attack us, while the flumps simply... Floated, flumped, uh, you know, floated over to us. And they did have tentacles, but they did not use them aggressively. I'm just saying, man. And I'm just saying, you never know what, what is going to have the intelligence and capability Am of understanding and listening to reason. Or is that thing going to die? I'm going to tell you the answer real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and it's um, not me. Anyways, I'll be like, all right, man, I hear what you're saying, and I disagree with it on a fundamental <laughs> level, but that's okay, man. All right, Zoth, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to sit down and have this chat one of these days. <laughs> it's about, a it's a disagreement. We've had this chat, man. We've been walking through the woods so much together. I feel like we would have had this talk already. Yeah. <laughs> you said you I said just, forest and wood. Yeah, we never had something like this come at us. Okay? I'm just saying. I do find oh. it somewhat ironic that, uh, you know, we did fight other creatures such as 
spiders and uh, uh like people who are trying to kill us vampire type entities that seem to be wanting to kill us as well and Zothcook never did raise a bat an eye or raise yeah. any objections previously are you shapist are you speciest? <laughs> okay, so now, in Zoth's defense, this thing does kind of look like a person. Like, it is kind of humanoid. The other things have been kind of monstrous. So, I mean, you gotta you gotta give it to him on that. Well, the, the vampire creatures were literally people <laughs> that had been corrupted. Oh, I They were human beings those. at some point. I, I didn't see any of those. That was a different situation, man. I... I am not wait, quite wait, sure so whether it was. I simply went along with this because of my soldier training and that I know that when something attacks me, it generally will not listen to reason and it is often best to best it in combat. Mm, at that's that smart. Zoth, are you See, telling however, me Zothcoke that you killed, simply never raised this question before. That, that you killed a more humanoid-looking thing, but this is the one you try to talk down? Is that what you I am not a shapist, Belly. It's, it's Zothcoke. Zothcoke is a shapist, not me. That's... I never killed anything, man. Uh, what I'm, what, what? That was a different situation. We went into their house and were stealing their oh. things. They were rightfully. <laughs> I will say, uh, it is. I do not believe that the moral argument that you did not land the killing blow is valid here. You did aid in our killing of so, the other wait, creatures. Wait, 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 Zothkug, I just, I need, I need to process this. Something wanders into the cave that we have made home, right? This is into our encampment. Tries to kill us. You try to talk it down, but you barge into someone else's home, and you beat them up. But it's fine because you didn't get the last kill. I didn't beat them up. I didn't touch them. I will say, I do think that in some ways this logical progression does make sense because previously he was the one intruding, and now that someone is intruding on his space, he thinks, oh, wow, when I was doing that to other people, I didn't want them to kill me. So, hey, hey, therefore, hey, he doesn't want us mouth. to kill it. Don't put words in his mouth, okay? <laughs> I, I still think much, his... I, I did not finish. I still believe his moral argument <laughs> is completely false. It does not make any sense. However, I do think in that specific situation, his logic... May not be sound, but I can see how it could at least exist. Right, at least thank you for agreeing that it, it makes, you know, Zoth, we're going to have to talk about this, okay? Just right now, I'm, I'm, can somebody help me move this? I don't want this near us. 84, right? 86. Yep, they're still on the crate, guys. We're good. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm going to go over to the cart and grab, yeah, make sure he's Yeah, okay. it's just fine. Hey, buddy, you okay, man? He just nods. Alan, can you help me move this thing out of like? Can we just? We gotta find somewhere else to put this. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not resting or or even speaking near this thing in the ground. Okay. Are we? Uh, are we sure. on like yeah, softish dirt? That. No, you're on stone. It's it's. A oh, we're on stone. Okay. Got it. Sorry. No, don't apologize. <laughs> Where are we trying to take this thing? I, we I, could, I, if hey, we're man. leaving, we could put him on the fire. We could just burn the body. Our, the only way to make this right is to kill your next opponent with the corpse of the Joker. <laughs> what? Wait, 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 wait. Uh, is that more of your soldier training, Alan? That's, that's, is what? Is that more of your soldier training? That, that seems a little weird. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I was simply reading the chat. Oh. What's the chat? Okay. <laughs> Who are you chatting right, with, all right, man? All right, all right. Let's cut the meta. Let's cut the meta before it gets too meta. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Jeb, you mentioned something about throwing in the fire. Do you think it's, do you think it's edible? Oh no, absolutely not. 
that was <laughs> i mean i tip my hat to you good sir that was where my mind went immediately because um yeah these rations are getting pretty stale but um, no no you keep your keep your chompers away from that stuff because fox always likes to double check fox wants to do his own survival check uh, <laughs> and i got a nine <laughs> you think it might you be edible i mean you're not sure it would taste, but it might be I, edible. I, I don't know, man. Maybe if you just like cooked it enough, <laughs> like it just you know get the slime. It's out. not a marshmallow. It's not like you're gonna like give it a black exterior and then down in the middle is that sweet, tasty white goo. Uh, you, well, wait. Let's... I would like to. I would like to question. Um, simply, do you do you burn your marshmallows, Jebediah? <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I, mean, I don't try to. I like I like them roasted just a little bit. I mean, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. I like them mildly toasted so that they're just like I do. really brown. That is the correct answer. I appreciate but the, but that. But the yes. thing is, is that, you know, you, you get to talking. I mean, you know me. You get to talking. You accidentally leave mm -hmm. one in there. You shake the stick around a little bit and get all the black carbon off. And there's still that good little gooey spot in there. I mean, you don't want to waste it. Hey, hey, hey man. That, that does make sense. I, I'll always eat a marshmallow, but I, I agree. Burnt marshmallows bad, but if you if you made that, you own up to it and you eat it. Okay. In my experience, I don't uh, generally burn the marshmallow because of socializing. It's generally because I start staring into the fire and thinking about how the fire was created and why mm. the fire exists. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that it still amazes me to this day that yeah, fire. Like we have yet to we have yet to define. What fire is? Same with lightning. We may have harnessed it. We may have harnessed the ability of electricity. Hey, Zoth, to, uh, uh, what, what is your guide electricity? On the marshmallows? However, we simply do not know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like marshmallows are really good, man. Uh, <laughs> golden brown. Perfect. All right. I'm glad we've all had this conversation. Unanimous now, agreement. I'm going to pull out my dagger and slice this thing open and see what it looks like on the inside <laughs> and see if it's edible. Is, is Fox still like bloody and stuff from when this thing was like latched onto him? It never quite latched onto him. He stopped it with his with his dagger. Oh, okay. So he's probably just got some of the like slimy goop on his like chest where it tried okay. to like grab him. Hey, dude, um, gonna, uh, you kind of smell because of that stuff on you. And, well, and hey, Jeb, Jeb takes his blunderbuss and points it at him point blank, like right in front of his chest and clicks the trigger. And it's almost like a hairdryer. He's just like, and I'm going to use prestidigitation <laughs> and just clean all the gook off of him. Just like, Wow, okay. Thanks. I I didn't know how I was gonna get this am... out of my my my, <laughs> my my clothes here, but I mean you gotta Rough you gotta be presentable when you infiltrate a secure location. I mean, true, but we still there's still ways. I mean, all right, I'm I'm doing this. I'm DM. I cut it open. <laughs> what does it look like on the inside? <laughs> yeah, luckily you guys gave me a little time to Google inside of a choker in case that was the thing. <laughs> Uh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> uh, it is just, uh, it, it, you know, it has some guts and gore and stuff inside it. I, I don't know what you want from me. What <laughs> color it is looks the flesh? like a dead thing on the inside. It's what green color? and purple. It, it's goopy and spooky. <laughs> goopy and spooky. <laughs> the green is goopy and the purple is spooky. I mean, exactly. that tracks. It's like, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, kind of slimy. Smells bad. See, I mean, if it, uh, if yeah. it was red. That's how people describe me all the time. So <laughs> wait, wait, wait. if it was red, it'd be you edible, know. but it's green and purple. So it's no. goopy and spooky. You don't you don't want to eat that, man. I'm telling you. I, I, I hear you out, Jeb, but let's see. What color it turns? All right, I I cut off like a little. It's like that TikTok sound. Like, let's see what's inside. I cut off a little Sorry, piece of the flesh. 
Um, and I, 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 I put it on a stick and I put it over a campfire. Owlin, have you been talking to, to Fox about the scientific check, method? I guess. <laughs> Roll it with disadvantage. Um, I have not discussed the scientific method with Fox. Nine. However, I do believe... Did you roll it with disadvantage? I, it would be difficult yes, to I, create I a control in this scenario. Yeah, or at right, least... Right. Uh, okay. It... <laughs> Because he's simply... It's we, the same color. Other you, roast roast. It for, you roast it with your marshmallow roasting technique, which we've already established, <laughs> and it, it stays the same. It's still green and purple. It's still goopy and spoopy with little mm. sludge gore dripping off of it. It's just now it's a little bit warmer. <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right, Jeb. <laughs> so I what you're saying is that it's fire resistant. Ooh. Now that's interesting. All right. Uh... I'm going to dig around in my backpack, uh, which I haven't actually opened up in forever. Uh, what do I got here? So if you played it in my mixtape, okay. it would not, its life would not be changed, I'm, which is ooh. too bad. Anybody got like an empty, empty jar? Empty, <laughs> empty flask? He says, waving oh. a stick with a piece of meat on the end. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Fresh out of them. Fresh out of mason <laughs> jars. Out. Nah. I have a water skin, but I assume it has water in it, and I don't want to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> can I? Can I roll? I'm not trained in it. Can I roll Arcana to to, to figure out whether or not this is fire resistant? No. <laughs> <laughs> Fair okay. enough. Uh, I, throw it, I throw it in the fire. I just throw the whole thing in the fire. It burns. You, you seem determined. If you want to, uh, like, I have a sheath with no sword. If you wanted to fill no, it up no. with this stuff, you're welcome to. As you say that, to. he's already tossed oh. it in the fire, and it's starting to burn and, like, turn oh, okay. into little, like, ashes and embers. You know, I it's, had an idea. Now the whole cave where you've made your camp smells horrible. It smells oh, like... Yeah. It smells like like vomit mixed oh. with stagnant water. All right, we got to get out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's my fault. We get out of here. Let's get out. We got to well, get out. Hawks, man. Let's put the whole Why body on it. Why would you do this? <laughs> put the whole body on you. <laughs> Hopefully it'll attract stuff away from us, and we'll just skedaddle. Alan. Alan, could you, could you help me pick this up? I, I will uh, say, I do believe throwing the entire body okay. on the fire may be helpful in our scenario because it will attract Shut maybe our pursuers to this cave, sidetracking the them from our eventual destination, and they will simply be infused by this weird <laughs> smell for a little bit. girl animal handling. And it can, it can serve as a Here warning to other chokers. <laughs> exactly. Shut up and pick up the It's body. not about winning. It's about sending a message. Hey, Fox, you uh, got that oh, thing hooked up yet? Alan, help me yes. with this. <laughs> yes, I I am. Uh, okay. Alan goes and that's a seven. Okay, job. it's a seven. You attempt again to convince the deep rote that you've been using to pull this cart to harness themselves because you really don't know anything about harnessing them, and they don't cooperate. <laughs> they're just like, nah, man. So you've like untied them from wherever you stabled them overnight, and they're just looking at you like, bro, no, no. I'm gonna uh, ask you. Hey, man, could you set up that connection again? With, with with these guys so I can talk to him. Yeah, like covering his little mushroom nose is like and spores <laughs> like come out and they, they sort of like waft through the air towards it and then yeah turns around and gives like the most horrible stink eye ever to Fox. <laughs> Just like <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> 
And then uh, with the new connection, I'll be like, hey, guys, don't you want to get away from the smell? This is how we Please, do it, yes. man. Anything. <laughs> they walk over and they harness themselves. They like, walk over and they like, duck under the harness. All you have to do is tie a couple knots. They're just like, yes, anything. Please. <laughs> Let's be going. <laughs> All right, guys. I got them hooked up. Let's go. All right. By the way, the group hears me talk out loud to them. Alan, on three. We're, we're going to toss it. One, two. Three. And you do. You toss it onto the fire. Yep. Now it's on the fire. The smell intensifies. Roll go, constitution go, go. saves. No. <laughs> Roll constitution saves. Is that what yeah. you just said? Oh, dang. I just want you guys Everyone? to know that, that, oh, that no. we didn't start the fire. <laughs> it was yeah. always burning while the world was turning. All right, I, I see got a, a nine. seven of the nine. Seven. All right. Oof. I, I got a 13. All right. Uh, what did you get, Jeb? Oh, was I rolling for that too? Constitution save. Sorry, I got a 19 plus some jazz. 21. Jeb is plus totally unaffected, and the other three of you are all like sick to your stomach nauseous. Oh no. You're not throwing Blech. up. You just like, like it's it's right there at the tip of your throat. You're like, oh, I can't. I got to get out of here. Gonna, it don't kinda, make me think about the tip of my throat. Go. That sounds so weird. I don't like that. It kind of harkens oh. back to when he found his grandpa dead mm. in that room and you know how yeah. he he like tied that little rag thing around around his nose uh, he's got the he's got <laughs> the same thing going on right now yeah nice uh, one Zoff! once we're underway a little get the bit. animals moving <laughs> yeah they're going they're going we're going and so we're on. you're going we're off uh you you head off into the uh, spoopy, mysterious world of the Underdark. There, as a reminder, you're kind of like in the like proper Underdark. So it's like all caverns and connected caves with strange fauna growths and um, you know little drippy sounds and stalactites and stalagmites everywhere. There's there's no real logic or order to it except that there's this one set of wheel tracks that have been crushed into the stone probably by the weight of other carts that have traveled this this route that you're on. Are you going north towards Tumbleweb where you believe the dark site is or are you going south towards Dig Site 6 where you came from? Uh, uh, dark site. Yeah, real quick, uh, yeah. Out, of, out of character, we all agreed on dark site, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Also, uh, Josh. Yes. Oh, go ahead. Um, while we're underway, I'm gonna uh, just check on Yeah and specifically look at the, how the moss is doing. Sure. Um, yeah is just chilling in the pot. The the moss has like wilted and turned back into a moss. It is not a vine anymore because all the leaves have come off of it. Um, also, okay. just you you can have a conversation with Yeah or whatever if you want. I'm adding one die to the tension pool just for the passage of time as you're traveling. Um, did you want to say anything to ya? Be like, hey, little dude, I know it's it's been, you know, a bit since our check-in. Do you have any questions about what's happened or any statements, comments? A peer review? <laughs> Adventure peer review? No, I have, well, he been, wants to learn. I have been learning many things just by observing. It has been nice to not be sneaking for a bit and just be able to look around. I'm fascinated by the cave formations and I am very much enjoying seeing the different parts of these caves. I have never been into caves before journeying with you. What do you call those? And he points up at some stalactites hanging off the ceiling. Those are uh, stalactites, man. Why are they like that? Uh, so you see uh, when ooh, ooh, ooh. water... I read this in a book once. So um, 
so, so <laughs> when uh, one of the gods, right, um, got really angry, he set up a trap uh, for all of, all of the dark beings, and these are the traps. But it, it only falls on dark beings. Actually, it is actually, as Zothkug began to explain, the formation of deposits of minerals as water with minerals inside them. Water driplets began to drip from the ceiling of the caves. The minerals would then build up over time, creating a formation of a rock that's pointed downward because, as you might be able to see as you look up, sometimes there is still water dripping from the tips of them, which then makes them longer and creates more stalactites. Bro, that would take forever, when we say though. a long time, we mean like hundreds of thousands of years, man. Also, if a droplet falls on your head, it's good luck. This is oh, well, they're also the first called stalactites because the they part... hold tight to the ceiling. Ooh. So how do how do the minerals act as traps from the gods that are also good luck? They don't, man. That is correct. It's just not. folklore. What are minerals? Minerals are the particulates of what makes up a rock. And they also, some people believe, uh, if they're inside of the water that you drink, are healthy for you. They, some people believe they give you um, re rejuvenated immune system, which is another experimental term that we believe is the part of your body that keeps you from getting sick. It's very, it's all very interesting. Yeah, yeah this is how we got up. an education TikTok. Yeah, looks up at Alan <laughs> with like wide eyes and he goes, you know many things. Thank you for sharing. And he like you're walks welcome. over and gives you a little hug that like, you know, it comes Aww. up to like your Aww. ankle, you know, because he's a mushroom and the you're a barbarian. The best hug is a yeah hug. Alan pats Yeah's head. <laughs> Just like stoops down and pets him on the, on yeah. the little mushroom cap. <laughs> yep. When Yeah gets back uh, from the hug, I'm just going to be like, hey man, I don't know. That, that guy says some crazy stuff sometimes, okay? Tell me, <laughs> tell me water formed this stuff? That, does that make sense to you? It makes sense. It is confusing since it looks like rock and not water. But there are many things that I do not know, and hopefully by traveling with you, I will learn much of them so that I can send that that information home to Groot in a spore. It's been a while since I wrote a spore to Groot. Maybe Wait, I should do that. As he wrote back, and he climbs back spores? into the pot, and he just begins, like, he puts his little hands in front of his little mushroom cap, and you see, like, a spore slowly forming at the tip of his mushroom cap and, like, falling down into his hands. Um, nice. And after a little while, he just tosses it into the air, and it kind of wafts away. That's a thing. So, did Groot... Hey man, did Groot respond to your first one? No, but we are a very long way away, and it may not have made it back yet. Spores travel with the wind, so it takes them a while to get where they're going. Did... Makes sense, man. How does that? Is there uh, is there what? wind present in the Underdark? Yeah, there. I mean, it's yeah. Can you feel it? I was like, Jeb yeah. licks his finger and holds it out. See. <laughs> I had never noticed this before. It's a network Very of twisty caverns, so anytime they open up, that air is going to be changing temperature as it raises towards the surface. So, sure. you know, as it changes temperature, it generates wind. Hey, hey, yeah. Uh, is it is it possible for uh, some more leaves to come from this moss? It I have been thinking about that, but I think the plant must must be looking for. He looks at Owlin. Um, a mim mim mimmer rolls. Um, um, minerals. Uh, yes, Perhaps yes. It is looking for I minerals. think maybe the plant is looking for those because it has been a while since we had planted it in the ground, and I remembered that when we put it on the ground is when it became all, all, all viney, 
and turned into, you know, it grew all of those leaves. And so I have been trying to care for it, but it does not seem that anything I do is making a difference now. It seems like maybe this plant has attuned to you and it needs something that I do not have to provide it. Interesting. All right, man, I'll try and spend some time with it. And Zoth is going to sit down immediately with, with the moss and, and, and just, just convene with it in a spiritual manner. <laughs> what does convening with a plant in a spiritual manner mean to you? I, I, need, I need clarity before I figure out whether you learn anything. Like, are you just going to hum next to it? Or do you, or like, are you going to examine it? Or like, like what, what does this mean? Uh, Make sure it's classical I'm music. I'm going to going to examine it and then perform sort of like the uh religious like prayer that i would to try and contact like a, a god but instead i'm trying to like telepathically reach out to this plant and like feel its energy roll nature with advantage because you got a long time to kind of look into this and you know a lot about plants like you you've smoked oh, okay. a lot of plants <laughs> let's be clear what i mean by know a lot about plants <laughs> uh is this the d20 no that's the d20 Go. Uh, that advantage gives me twenty-one. That's a pretty good roll. Uh, chat suggests putting a leaf under your tongue, so I just want to clarify it. Chat, it's it's moss now, so it turned into a vine when they found some way to like supercharge it with with magic or something like that. And that vine had leaves which he could use to cast spells. But each time he used a leaf, like that leaf would wilt off the plant. And so he's used up all the leaves and it's now turned reverted back into its mossy state. Um, with your 21, you are you're kind of thinking about what Yas said and what you know about plants and stuff. And you have access to dirt down here. Like the floor is stone, but like there's dirt in the underdark. So you're pretty sure it's not that. You're thinking maybe it just needs sunlight. Like some plants just don't grow when they don't get sunlight. And that could be that could be the problem here. Doesn't this cart? Hey, Jeb, man. Yeah, yeah. What's up? Could do you possess the magical ability to simulate sunlight? No, I mean that's a that's a that's a pretty powerful powerful uh, spell. Um, I do. I can. I can make fire. You know, I could like light up some torches and stuff, but uh, not really anything super light. Like, and and Jeb kind of like tinks one of the little dancing light spheres that are like suspended on the carts and he's like remember there were some big ones though like this that were back at the camp um so i mean that technology exists but i don't i don't have anything anything on me what i do have though is in the meantime um and jeb hands him his cipher mm. Um, this is just going to be a stopgap. Uh, th don't stop focusing on your plant because you know you're important to the team, and we and we, uh, we need your ability to to get us out of my mistakes. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to hey, I'm going to take the next uh, 15 you, minutes. You generally or so. have have good ideas. They just need a little bit of a a push in the right direction. I mean, functional, yes, but Alan's shoulder needed a push back in the left direction, um, and <laughs> you know. This is but, generally yeah. why we have a team dynamic. We all bring different roles to the table. Yours is generally crazy idea. That generally somehow works, and ours are usually finding a way to make Jeb's crazy idea, idea actually work. Speaking uh, of I would everybody say bringing different things to the idea. table, as this conversation is happening, Fox, 
you yes. uh, happen to just glance up, you know, into the kind of the darkness surrounding the cart. As we recall, you do not have dark vision, so you can only see maybe 10 or 15 feet to each side of the cart um, in, you know, whatever little kind of glow and dimness you can see. But you notice just out of the corner of your vision, um, something moves behind a small crevice on the eastern side of the path. It's masked almost entirely by a pair of stalagmites that cross like an X. Um, in fact, you wouldn't have seen it at all, except for the brief glint of something that like kind of kind of flashed at you uh, from the, the east side of the path. As you squint to the area and try to verify what you might have seen, you can't make anything out. Hey, 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 hey Jim, Jim, Jim. Yeah, yeah, Jim, well, Jim, what? Look, look, I, I think I just saw something. Did you, can you look over there? Do you see? Do you see anything? I'm looking over there. What do I see? You've got the superior dark vision, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to make you roll. Uh, you can cool. see a tall, lean humanoid figure slowly stepping back into a small crevice uh, and then turning and walking away from from you and and the party. Any like features a- like clothing or anything like that? Uh, okay, do do roll a perception check. Let's see how much you can make out of his of his detail. Now, I would be remiss to let you know that even though I have superior dark vision, um, if this is still like if it's pitch black, I would see in dim light, which means disadvantage for perception checks. Okay. Ooh, not good. I got an eight and a one. Mm. Uh, the was the one a natural one? Yes, it was. Do yeah, I need I, to confirm that? You don't need to confirm mm. it. You can't make out oh, any details other. I than rolled the, another natural one. I'm glad that oh. I didn't make you confirm it because you might have gone blind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, he was. He didn't have clothes, and I went blind. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> you you can you can tell that he was tall and lean, but you don't know any any other details about the humanoid. It was already walking back into you know walking backward into the crevice to like kind of vanish in its cover before you looked over. So that's what's I, happening. You know, I, I think I saw maybe maybe it was some running. Wall. I don't know something showing. No, there there. Was, there was something back there. It was humanoid. It was up on two legs, but. Um, it's it's moved Are out we of. Are stopping my... to go check it out? Well, I'm thinking it might no. be another one of those choker things. Yeah, it was no. it was tall and skinny and lean, and we don't really like if it. Okay, so let let's pull an Allen and like think of this logistically, right? <laughs> if it was dangerous, it just went away. We can move on. If it was friendly, we don't really need help right now. We can move on. Um, and if it was just neutral and curious. It's it's doing its own thing. So let's let's just be a little on guard uh, in case it, it comes back. But I think I think we just move on. I, I like that. Maybe maybe I need to pull an owl in more often. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, I but, I will you, I will draw my sword and and continue to be on guard. That yeah, sounds like okay. a good idea. Just kind of be on, on guard. My rapier. Yeah, I have my hand on the rapier. You didn't mention the last option, Jeb man. Was the last option just go and and stop what we're doing and and help the individual? No, it could be following us. Oh well, I mean, in that case, that's why I said be... we should just be on our guard in case we in case they follow us. But you're should, right; they might. Should uh, Jeb? I believe you can see the best in the dark. Uh, I believe it may be beneficial for you to continue to periodically make safety checks around what's going on. Jeb was just blessed by chat as well, so he gets a D4 that he can add to um, a roll of his choosing, I believe. Let me check. Oh my gosh, bless. (laughs) Hashtag. Thank you. You can make a save or attack roll. They may choose before rolling to add one D4 to the roll. 
Um, there you go. Save or attack. Yep. Okay, so it can't be a check, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, so would you like to make like a lookout perception check? Any? Oh uh, yeah, for like for like this next leg of the trip. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to do it at disadvantage as well? Because it's in we're in dark light. Yeah. Or dim oh, light. Oh no! Dang, that's Oof. tough. Not good. I, I tell you what, guys, I can see, but it's not worth beans. Like I can't. I can see that there's stuff out there, but I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> I got a nine. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. That's upside down. That's a six. <laughs> uh, Dang. The cart continues slowly bumping along the path. The you know out here in the in the sort of wild of the underdark, there is no like smooth ground. You know, there's there's little rocky bumps and juts, and there are stalactites coming out of the ground and things. And it's just very slow going. So where normally a cart like this being pulled by two pack animals might be able to cover the whole ninety miles to Tumbleweb in a day. You guys are more likely to make maybe 20 or 30 miles of progress on this first day um, by the end Dang. of it, just because of the slow going and the way that everything is. But you do notice the ground here is is quite dry and clean, unlike the kind of mucky ground that was near Dig Site 6. Um, as you... I, go ahead. Could I do a couple things? Yeah, Just go like ahead. to finish that day up? Yep. Um, well, and we can just expedite this. I wanted to give uh, Zoff the cipher that Jeb found. Okay. Um, and I'm going to explain to him how to use it. I'm going to give him the uh, Cure Wounds first level spell nice. scroll. Okay. Um, and a enough Wingle digits to fire it off. Great. So that's um, ten Wingle digits. Ten Wingle digits, and I can like if you have them, you can use those. If you don't, I'll top you off to get to ten. Cool. Hey man, uh, question. Uh, is there a way to just convert this to magical energy? I don't need the ciphers. I know this spell. This is I'm like, all right, so this is just a stopgap, right? I have full, like, like I was planning on giving this to Fox or Owlin uh, just to have, like, another backup healer. Um, but this is just, you're familiar with curative spells, so this is, for, like, for you to, to have just in case while you're working out your moss stuff. You could call him a curator of curative spells. As you <laughs> yeah. as uh, you come around a corner, uh, the cart shudders to a halt as the two Deeprothe pack animals, they're basically oxen that are what? pulling the cart, find their way blocked by a massive boulder. Um, now you could you can go around this boulder either to the left if you're willing to risk breaking a wheel in a pockmarked set of ground that's really covered in stalagmites, or you could go to the right if you're willing to work your way through a large, dense growth of fungi so dense and tall that it climbs as high as Alan's shoulders and limits visibility to five feet. The ceiling of the cavern is only 15 feet total, and the boulder is occupying 10 feet of it. The boulder is not amused by a blind <laughs> girl. Okay. Um, Let's um, stay in character. What I, kind of fungi? I may it? have some stuff. You go ahead, Fox, if you think that the fungi is doable. I, I, all right. So, guys, um, can we just move the rock? Because, like, I, listen, man, I don't want to go. Uh, yeah, no offense to you. I don't, I don't want to go through that. Okay, that's, I, I don't know what's in there. It's dark. I can only I could already not see far. Next thing you know, I could probably see no. Yeah, is there. perched on the lip of the of the pot, leaning towards the like dense fungi, and he goes, I have never seen so many. They they are I think they're like you and talk. Entangled. Okay. Listen, Didn't man. we entangled? Did we see some patches like out. this where they like screeched? 
Yeah, see? I do, not, right idea. I do not see any shriekers from here, but I, I cannot see very far. Right. Yeah, do reaches out a hand way... to, to try and, like, touch one of the fungi. He says, they do not appear to be communicating. He pulls his hand back. I'm going to I'm gonna try to move the rock. I know okay. it's futile. Uh, I'm yeah. going to try anyway. Uh, go ahead and roll. I suppose you might get Zop a natural will, 20. Will help. I did not. Okay, don't worry about it. Uh, Jebediah Pepper yeah. has got his hand up. Oh. Oh, Zoth said he was going to help. Like, did you did you get that in there as oh, well? Yeah. No, I didn't. Uh, Zoth, go ahead and also roll a strength check. Um. Uh, that is a fifteen. Okay, together you are still unable to move it. I guess uh, Alan might as well first before <laughs> before Alan tries to help move it. He's going to ask, yeah, do you believe if we moved extremely slowly, you could guide us through the tall patch of fungi? I am not sure. It They they do not seem to be willing to communicate with me, so I could not simply ask them to get out of our way or let us through. I worry that we might hurt them if we try to push our way through. Mm. Okay. Uh, we don't want them. Alan will, will also roll strength. Uh, All right. Uh, you know Jeb's got guys? his hand up, so I just want to see what oh. he's what he's got to say, and then we'll let you roll. What's up? Um, I like what's I wanted to try a thing on the stalactite side because I can I can mold earth now. Okay, you roll strength. Mm. Let's figure out how Jeb's thing goes. I only got a ten. Okay, yeah, you are unable. So the three of you are like out of the cart in front, trying to kind of like push this boulder, and Jeb yeah. kind of walks to your left. What are you doing, Jeb? So, um. Mold Earth says that I can affect a five-foot cube of stone or dirt. It has to be unworked, so you know, like like not a building stone. Okay. Um, and I can like change it. I can excavate it. I can I can move it around. Um, I can cause it to become shapes and colors. I can you okay. know pile it up or create. I can essentially create rough terrain or take rough terrain and smooth it out, and it I lasts see. for an hour. Um, and it's a cantrip, so I can just like it's it's probably going to be slow. So, right. but I could like you know sit out front and kind of like and it'll just kind of like, like melt these things down. The stalagmites. Yeah, and then like plop it back down and where the holes are, you know, just kind of like um, Minecraft, dig it up what, and fill it out. <laughs> what um, what's your passive perception, buddy? My passive perception, also known as my PP, <laughs> is eleven. No. We're we're adults, people. Ten. We got we got banned on Twitch okay. right now, right when he said that. You, uh, you head over to the side where the where the stalagmites are to try and do this. The other three are are attempting to move the boulder as you do this, and you lean down to cast mold earth, and you recognize the telltale signs of mold earth having been cast on this ground, that's right next to the boulder. In fact, it looks like the boulder might normally rest here and has been intentionally moved using mold earth onto the road. Uh, guys? Yeah, man? Um, I think somebody's been through here before me, and Jeb just kind of like turns back to everybody while they're heaving hoeing on, on that rock. Uh, I got some, some magic I can use here to kind of move this ground, like to smooth it all out, and it looks like somebody has already been here and used this same spell to cause this fox and owlin 
as he turns towards you, you can see behind him in the field of stalagmites, you see like many people standing up and you see drawn bows. Wait, wait, wait. But I have like no idea who would have been here before us. So yes. I say we go this way. I mean Yes, Fox. Uh would I would I see that? Yeah. Yep. Okay. The bow the arrows on the bows are glinting. Right, right, right. They're they're glinting just so, a little um, bit. Hey, hey, Jeff. So, like, uh, better Jeff. to do this than brave the mushrooms, wait, I wait, say. Wait. Uh, hey, Jeff, you, you see that stalagmite right next to you? What, that one there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you just, like, I, I want to see if it matches your body shape. And I, like, nudge Alan, like, you know. Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was just like, boop, 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 yeah. Alternately. I mean, kind of, uh, if I look at my hat, does my hat line up? <laughs> yeah, um, you know what? I, just stay right there it may i think it may be beneficial to get to the other side of the boulder and go through the fungi uh, i really I don't think, think that, so i mean i don't I think, think this is going to be a problem to magic down i mean it's already been done once i could just do it Zothka, could, now that they're like them? looking in that direction and kind of being a little sus you are also able to see the, the you can see several humanoids standing up with bows drawn kind of in the well, shadowy depths of the field I mean, Jeb, we never know. What if, what if you know, so, uh, that could be someone's home. We don't know. And we know this is the road, uh, so we should probably just stay on the road, you know? I mean, you make a good point, but I would say Zoth. that the mushrooms are probably more likely to be someone's home, so, you know. No, 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 we just Zoth is not good at hiding his facial expression, so he's just like... Is he waving? <laughs> is that, I can't, you gotta know. No, he's like pointing. Oh, he's pointing. Sorry, he's pointing. Z Zoth is just, like, freaking out and pointing past you now. Uh, at that, uh, as he does that, at that very moment, uh, uh, there are. Wait, let's let's switch our music to danger. <gasps> um, okay, at that very moment, as he points out into the distance, three of the people with their bows drawn leap forwards, and you can make out the uh, sort of dirt-covered, tall faces Sorry. of drow warriors. Each of them is outfitted in uh, a long set of flowing amber robes, like a toga, over top of like plate. You can see the shapes of plate armor underneath it. And they have three bows drawn, and then behind those three warriors are three more who are holding a quiver at the ready for those warriors. At the same time as you register all this, from behind you, you hear a voice say, Surrender there, and perhaps we'll kill you quickly. You turn around, and there are more drow on the other side of you with scimitars drawn. Um, well, Alan knows about the drow, right? Like, Alan, I would Yeah, assume... I mean, you studied military, so you know about that that military conflict in Ambercliff. Like, you know they exist. You don't necessarily know, like, all drow intimately. But, like... Does, does Alan know that they're... You know, like, if I studied military history and I know the drow, like... I I feel like this is probably within Alan's character to surrender in this moment because they're outnumbered and it's drow. Um, I don't know. Um, but also kill you quickly is not necessarily a good, uh, a good sign. Zoth has his hands up. He's like, Whoa guys, Whoa. we can talk this out, man. No one needs to you die. Know, like along his words, you know, that's a very convincing, right? Convincing. But uh, see, I, I have this thing where like, I, I, I don't want to die. So, you know, I, I'm not sure if I accept that. You know, it's um, Alan will sheath his his long sword and put his big, big beefy arms up, and uh, I, I, I say, I I do believe we can come to some sort of agreement 
here if we do uh, talk this out. Um, this, there, there's no need for conflict here. Go ahead doing? and roll. Is diplomacy a thing or is it persuasion in 5e? I can't remember. Persuasion. Yeah, roll persuasion, roll yeah. persuasion with advantage because you're a military dude. You know how to talk to military dudes. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, Zoth I mean, like, he knows like stuff like, you know, rules of engagement and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So that would Nat give him 20. an edge. I'm sorry? Nat 20. Nat 20. Okay, yeah. Uh -huh. Should I roll to yes. confirm? Yeah, go ahead and roll to confirm. We'll see how convincing you are. But you have definitely de-escalated the situation from... 14 from to confirm? Okay, that does confirm. So they look at you, and the one in front goes, You a soldier? I am. I served in... Where did I serve in? How did I serve? Who am I? <laughs> um, it doesn't matter. You tell him that story. Okay, yeah. How does a soldier who marched on Rust Free wind up down here? It is quite an interesting story, one that I do believe your people will find very of interest. But how? Um, and he lifts up his scimitar and throws it. It arcs end over end and stabs right into the Bright World Company crest on the side of the cart. How did you end up working for them? We are, like you, against the oh. Bright World Company. We stole this cart from Dig Site 6, which, as you probably well know, is that way, south. We investigated this dig site. We snuck our way into it. We found out, tried to discover what they were doing there, and now we are on our way to attempt to dismantle what the Bright World Company is doing down here, because like you, we do not believe they have any business down here. Two of the soldiers run over to the cart and kind of leap up onto it to inspect like what you're carrying with you while mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. while the leader continues talking to you. Mm. Mm -hmm. You sound convincing. Your posture mm -hmm. seems right. I think we go. We we ought to Jeff. take these ones back to the captain. He'll know what to do with them. What do you say, boys? Jeff, They're like, okay? yeah, fine. We'll let you live for now. Come with us. There doesn't need to be any fuss. Gladly. They turn around and as they turn around you see them raise like scratched and worn ciphers and the one on the cart goes we found some and he tosses a couple of of wingle digits over to them they take specifically from your stores they take 20 wingle digits they push oh, those into the cipher and the field of fungi kind of shrinks down into like a manageable path and you can see that even though it was super dense it's actually only 10 feet long and then on the other side, there's like, you know, a, a system of caves that have kind of been tended, like there's torchlight in them and stuff like that. And, and so they lead you and the cart down this torchlight and they actually lead you to a fairly elaborate war camp, all things considered. Um, the, the war camp is set up in a semicircle and on the far side of the war camp, um, so you're standing at the arc of the semicircle, at kind of the apex of that arc. On the far side, there is a river that makes up the back border of that semicircle, and they've kind of built their camp around the river. At the back end of the camp, they have um, there's a, a fairly large and reinforced by iron stalagmite that they are using as a stable. So they hitch your animals to that, and they push your cart over to another Bright World cart that's kind of like scarred up and bears the marks of a fight. There's, you know, crossbow bolts sticking out of it and stuff. They push it over there and park it there for now. And they lead you to what essentially is a jail. Uh, all of the buildings in this war camp are actually made from like really strong, like sailing type canvas that has been wrapped around four stalagmites to create walls. And mm. then they've wrapped it around several times and then they cut a slit like you would see in a tent and the bottom half of one side. And so that's the door. Once you're inside your room, 
they wrap it in chain mail around the outside and padlock the chain mail. Um, and that's how ah. they secure you in the room. We're going to go get the captain and bring him back and maybe we can work this out. But until then, we're going to need to leave you here. Uh, uh, Alan? Alan? They turn around yes. and walk off. Um, how, I, I mean, how confident are you in, uh, you know, they're not, they're not just going to torture and kill us? Um, I am fairly confident uh, since I do believe that Given the political conflicts that the the Drow have been a part of, they would not be a fan of the Brightwood Company invading their kingdom and uh, polluting their their area um, and and mining yep. their lands. That's um, great and all, but we we came in on a, a Brightwood cart, and yes. we only have our word. This is correct. However, I believe that we can provide them valuable enough information that uh, our word is probably enough to go on even if we did at some point legitimately work for the brightwood company we can convince them enough that we no longer do because we're willing to sell their secrets or not sell give i'm I'm gonna roll the tension die to see if anyone overheard you say that you formerly legitimately worked for the brightworld company i said even if they think we did even if they think we did because we didn't they heard the words legitimate work and brightworld company (laughs) i guess um but anyway uh also, uh, the the drow are not um, unwise creatures. They are uh, tacticians. They were able to pull a stalemate out of the claws of defeat uh, against the hematicians. I see, man. It's always good to talk first. The stories then I've heard later. All right, is is they they torture and murder people. Okay. Uh, sadly, it, such as the realities of war, uh, both sides did this in the Drow and Hematitian War. Um, the Five-Century War, it's actually called. The, fi- the Five-Century War, which is what it's actually called. Um, <laughs> I, I, I believe we are likely in safe hands, and I also believe confidently that we would not have been able to take down all six, all seven, I believe, uh, Drow warriors that were attacking us earlier. Well, they are formidable. If you only saw you seven of us, you were right. A voice says at the entrance to your to your little room, um, and and you turn around, and there in front of you is a tall, lean, gruff-looking drow who's got on a set of shoulder kind of like epaulets, and he doesn't have a cape running down the back. Instead of that, he has a cape, but of chainmail that runs mm. down behind him, and he wears no other armor, so he can pull the whole cape around him as like a defensive thing if he needs it. Um, he has emblazoned over the tunic that he wears is the emblem of Selvatarm, which is a spider over a crossed sword and mace. And he um, he has kind of the bearing, like, Alan, you kind of can recognize the bearing of the dude who's in charge in an army. Mm-hmm. And a superior he's got, officer. He, yeah, he's he's got that bearing that, like, people answer to him and he doesn't, like, take a whole lot of crap from anybody. Yep. He goes, I've been informed that you say you're not with the Bright World Company, despite being leading one of their carts along their known supply route. He looks around at you and kind of surveys the four of you. Well, you don't dress like the Bright World Company. Prove to me, beyond shadow of a doubt, that you are not Bright World Company agents, and I will let you go, and we will figure out how to negotiate this situation. But fail to prove to me this, and you go straight to the pit. And behind him, you hear one of his lieutenants kind of like hiss, like, yes, the pit. <laughs> uh, oh, um, um, can, can we do, can we get a huddle real quick? 
<laughs> he just stands sure. there and like yeah. levels a, like a hellstone gaze at you. What's up, Fox? I, I take that as a no. Okay. <laughs> no, we're in the huddle. We're doing it. Okay, we're, we're huddle, in the huddle. huddle? Okay. Your, your arms up. There we um, go. Hey, hey, um, what if what if we just like you know, we just tell him everything and and give him everything we know, and what if Yeah talks to him and we're good. Uh, I believe that that is a possibility. However, it may be simpler. Uh, do we have the dispatch from uh, our friend spying on on what the, the Bright World Company's doings uh, in in the Dwarven City? I believe we received word from him. I think that letter may be enough to simply show that we have been spying on the Bright World Company right, and right. not working for them. I, I go yep, ahead and that's take, a good idea. Wait, all right, break. Who had that in their pack? Was, I, believe... I believe it was Jeb. Jeb took I think it Jeb me. had most of the papers. <laughs> also, as this is happening, oh. you hear Yaz's voice in your heads, and um, Yaz's voice says, I am going to try and make things a little more peaceful. And you realize he's not in the jail with you. Oh. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. where are you? Immediately, the captain goes, who is Yaz? And so his, he's our, your he's imaginary wolf, friend wolf. doesn't count, okay? He's a little fungoid dude in a pot with some moss. I'm sorry. You, you have your pot and your moss with you, just not... Oh, he's not in no, there? No, he's not in there. I mean, Zothkug <laughs> always has his pot with him. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, Zoth, he's... He's had a few too many of the, you know, and he, he's he's a small companion that's been traveling with us. Um, he's no threat to you. He should have been with us. He likes to scamper off. If you see him, just you know, he, he looks harmless, man. He's he smaller just, than he me. just wants to learn about the world. Yep. He's exploring. What does he look like? He looks like a, he's a little Mykonid, little mushroom fella. He turns to one of his, the captain turns to one of his lieutenants and goes, Coppershine, find this small Myconid and bring it back here. And the, you know, he snaps a smart salute and immediately walks off to go and start searching. So obviously if we had somebody like if we were against you and we had somebody who was not, you know, a companion who is not with us and is in your midst, re revealing to you this information would obviously be very, very counterproductive to, uh, you know, to this arrangement that we that we're we're kind of building here. Two points. One, we're currently traveling to an unknown dark site that uh, that it looks like the Bright Word Company is. There's some sort of weird stuff going on there. We want to stop them. To our understanding, carts normally go there fully laden. You could tell our cart only has one crate, and it was about three quarters full. Uh, I understand you guys helped yourselves to some of it. You're you're welcome to to that, but that is something that we stole from the from the Bright World Company to help us in our endeavors in stopping them. So point that's point number one. Point number two, um, our friend, and does it say a cry's name on the document? Like, is it signed yeah, by him? Yeah, it, it's or signed it? by him. Okay, although it's only uh, his first name, a cry. Like, there's no sure. last name. Our our informant, who's been uh, been handing us uh, information about the Bright World Company and enabling us to take them down from the inside, um, and yeah, and he, I kind of like hold it out so that he can he can read it. It's like mm -hmm. you're welcome to peruse it. Um, he he kind of takes finally, the, the paper from yep. you and hands it to his other lieutenant on the other side and goes, "Read that." And finally, full disclosure: 
since we are trying to stop the Bright World Company, we legitimately gained employment there for the purpose of figuring out what in the world they're doing. Um, we only knew them in name and in the lives that they've destroyed. Our dear friend Circles was uh, employed by them and got addicted to this stuff and was treated poorly and ended up dying. Uh, we just want to stop them. We didn't know much about it. And we felt that the best, most direct way, since they were just welcoming anybody and everybody in to work in terrible conditions, we would do that and that we could get some information, which we have. We did only stay employed there long enough to gain the information we needed and then left as soon as our cover was blown. Oh yeah, if you got if you have any any like spies or whatever at Dig Site Six, ask about the small pointy guy with a with uh, the small guy with a pointy hat. They've pro- my name's probably gotten around. Uh, they, <laughs> they call me Pebbles. Uh, <laughs> they call me Pebbles. I love that. As the, as you're having this conversation, someone runs up to the captain and goes, "Captain, report from the scout." And the captain goes, "Proceed." And he says, the scout reports three riders heading north at a furious pace, carrying a few wanted banners. And one of them, and he describes Jebediah's face, one of them <laughs> has this on it. It's like the perfect timing, the alignment of things. And the captain goes, so it seems you are, if nothing else, wanted by the Bright World Company. I suppose and we on would this love occasion, some allies. I suppose on this occasion, an enemy of our enemy could be a friend. Hmm. And as he's as he's thinking and trying to decide what to do, you see three soft blue spores float through the air towards him, and they they there's just three of them. It's not enough to like make a field or be super noticeable. They just kind of float through the air towards him, and he breathes them in as he's thinking about what to do. And he goes, "Yes, let us share information, and we will allow you on your way." And he he takes the you know unhooks the mail and uh, that's wrapped around your kind of canvas prison, and he lets you out. And as you walk out, um, yeah, the Mykonid pokes his head out from behind another stalagmite and kind of walks up to you. And he looks up and smiles. Um, well, he doesn't really have like a mouth, so it's just like a little bit of like a smile in the crease of his like plant features. Love it. Like, and like crawls back into his pot. And the captain looks down and goes, "Copper shine." You failed. Coppershine goes, <laughs> ah, and he goes, into the pit with you. Hey, who wants to fight oh, no. Coppershine? And three people from the camp are just like, yeah! and they like rip off their armor as Coppershine takes off his armor, and they literally like brawl in the pit. It's like one of the ways Zoth, that, that I guess they're, you know, like disciplining each other. Soth just goes really bug-eyed and just like whispers to the group, I would not fit in well here. <laughs> uh, I, the pit is generally a common practice, if if informal among soldiers. Uh, you would get used to it if you if you did stay here. I would uh, not. Uh... I would become boots. <laughs> <laughs> the the captain leads you back to kind of the clearing in the middle of the of the semicircle, and there are a couple of different like fires going here, and there's kind of like food roasting over the fires and stuff like that. You're now surrounded by more of those kind of canvas lean to buildings. And it looks like most of them are barracks. There's actually a sizable force here. To your estimation, Alan, it's more than 40 and less than 70 um, kind of like stationed here. It's hard to tell because you can't tell which tents necessarily are for like, you know, the mess hall or so so it's it's tough to get like a real estimate. But it's like a full, like it's a full war band. Like it's a significant force here. Yeah. Um, and the the smell coming from the mess hall actually smells like real food. Like they've caught something and are roasting it. 
and the the captain says, "You must." Be and it's hungry. not a choker. Yeah, it's not a <laughs> choker. He goes, uh, "You you must be hungry if you if you have fled recently. Would you like oh, some I've food?" I've been dying to eat, man. Yes, and they please. they bring out some food for you to eat, and you can count that as your ration for the day. Um, nice. Yay! You. You also are able to, he kind of like sits you down at, they're not really tables. They're like, oh, we've put some rocks as chairs and then rocks stacked up in the middle to like, eat. you know, it's not like a real table, but they're kind of sitting there. I would use mold earth to smooth everything out into these nice stone tables and chairs. The captain literally like freezes in mid bite and looks at you and goes, did you just cast a spell? Oh yeah, pull up a chip, pull up a stone. We're gonna eat. <laughs> How did you do that? And he like sets down his fork, and you can see like the other tables around you are also silent and like staring over in your direction. Well, I'll tell you what, if uh, if maybe we can move towards being a friend of my f- like and more friends than having a common <laughs> enemy. I was trying to make a pun on there. It didn't work. You'll you'll get to know that about us. <laughs> then you uh, are bad at maybe, puns. When the occasion calls for it. Okay. Um, but that you know maybe we can maybe we can swap some information and 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 share things a little bit. Uh, roll persuasion with advantage. See if you can move him from neutral to friendly. Oof, y'all! I'm rolling beans tonight, which is probably what we're eating. Uh, you know, what? <laughs> I would like to help him. Um. Listen, man, we're just trying to get through this world. You know, it's a crazy world, right? We, we, we don't understand what's happening either. We just know we're picking up pieces of knowledge, and we think the Bright World Company has something to do with this, okay? So we're, we're just trying to figure this out like everybody else. I'm going to... Yep, go ahead and roll. I see your 10, Jeb. It was actually a 12. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't have I enough see. fingers. And I miscalculated. I now see your 12 tip. <laughs> that is a 22. <laughs> All right. So the two of you working together, I Woo-hoo. rolled him just a charisma check for like how trusting or untrusting is he. And your DC ended up being three. So together you handily <laughs> convince him that like you have both that you have valuable information to share and that you are trustworthy for him to share information with. Um, and he goes, Okay. Uh, let's let's start talking. Uh, what? Why are the Bright World Company transporting these? And he holds up the the hexagon, you know, the wingle digit. Why are they transporting these wingle digits to to Tumbleweb when their distribution centers are in the overworld? Now, see that we do not know. Um, this this dark site here that we're heading to, um, and Jeb like rolls out the map on the table. Okay. And uh, and it's like, all right, so we are here in six, and you can see that it makes this shape, and there's a very obvious point in the middle. That's not marked on their map, but we see traffic there. Um, And so we don't know what's there. That's what we're trying to go find out. Um, If you're familiar with this area and you have anything to share on that, then, you know, that would be fantastic. But but that's where we're we're heading. Now, two Mm -hmm. things we know about these, these Wingle Digits. One is their money. And two, and he, he like points at the captain's scratched up cipher, um, mm-hmm. or, and he's like, and two, they can cast magic. So that means they're either trying to do something very large economically, or they're trying to do something very powerful magically. That's hey, the current uh, working both, theory. Man. Is there like an outhouse or something? Is there like a, a corner or something? I, I, you know, I just, I gotta, 
It's probably not the pit. Probably not the pit. I, yeah. Uh, you got a place? Yes, on the other side of the river. And at this point in the um, like in the river's flow, the river is only about 20 feet wide, and it's like weightable. It's not, it's not like the big, deep, wide thing that it is closer to the Southern Ocean. So you're able to kind of cross it. And on the other side, it's just more you know stalagmites and stuff. So you can find some privacy and use the bathroom over there or whatever. All right. I, I really, Fox, just one of these anxieties ramping that we're just straightforward, just telling the stranger everything. I see. And just wanted to leave, so... Okay. I'm going for a walk. Okay. Uh, Fox <laughs> goes for a walk, and Yeah says, Fox, may I come with you? I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Yeah climbs up onto <laughs> your shoulder and just kind of like sits on your shoulder, his little mushroom cap resting against the side of your head. And as he's sitting there, he gives you mushroom vision so you can navigate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanks, don't yeah. don't wander off, yeah. Okay. Stay with Fox. Yeah, just nods. Um. Okay. So while that's happening, you're still talking to the captain. The captain says, "Well, if you're going to, if you're going to Tumbleweb, you'll have to pass through a, uh, the the route that they're taking. And if they're looking for you, that may not be safe. I know another way, although it is somewhat perilous. You could take Kyvan's hunt if you're willing to risk meeting Kyvan, of course. Uh, but you'll be guaranteed Kyvin, not to meet any Bright World Company hunters down there, for they do not know the way." Did we roll the tension pool? We did. Okay. Who's Kyvan, man? Kyvan is uh, a a fearsome beast who makes, you know, that that is his hunting ground. But that path, because he hunts it, is not frequented by any other monsters. So you may be able to get lucky and slip past him, though with your cart it may be difficult. Uh, And you also may have a shot at, you know, persuading him to let you pass. Kyvan can be persuaded, can be reasonable, um, but ultimately Kyvan, yeah. Kyvan does not often get you know fresh meat as a food, and and that can be a challenge. Does he take bribes, man? He may take bribes. We have not tried it. Um, he he may take a tribute. That might be acceptable. You could try giving him some of your Wingle digits as a tribute. Is he a collector of shiny things? I do not know. I've never met him personally. I mostly avoid going that way. I just know that it's a way you could go. Uh, so sometimes the other solo traveler will cross that way. Is th- I I guess we may need to consider... Uh, I apologize if this question uh, may rub uh, Jebediah the wrong way. Is our cart necessary at this point in our journey? Would it be easier to cross the hunt and simply forgo the cart? That way we can sneak past unharmed. I mean, if How you, far are we from Tubblewim, man? If you feel comfortable hauling the um, our supply of wingle digits, since you have like the most muscle, I, I can't carry that thing. It's too big. Uh I, I guess this is true. Um, in in the terms of how uh, that would work, would would that encumber me in some way, Josh? Oh yes. I mean, it's yeah. a it's a big old crate full of wingle digits. I mean, we're currently down to fifty six in there from what they they gathered and what I gave to Zothcook. Mm. So it might it might just leave you like unable to take the dash action if it's only half full. Okay. You might be able to carry uh, it, but you couldn't dash. Alan is okay with that. Uh, 
I I believe uh with with how much is left in the crate now, I believe that's a uh encumbrance I'm willing to take if it means that we are able to uh pass through the hunt uh undetected or at least well, less mean, likely to be detected. Regardless that... of which way we go, um it's going to give us some more mobility options if but it will hinder our rest options. If we take the regular road, he said there is Bright World Company hunters there, which means we're not going to want to stick to the road anyway. Uh, that makes sense. And well, I'll turn to the cap. news travel, man, because these guys didn't know. While that conversation is happening, Fox and yeah have walked off and are are waiting. Or do you actually wait across the river, or are you just gonna wander off somewhere? Yeah, I'll, I'll wait across the river. Okay, as you wait across the river, something bumps into your leg. It you look down, but it's already gone. Then something else bumps your leg, and this time you're you're waiting for it, and you look down, and you're able to catch just like a little part of a merfolk fin it's like sliding by you and going down the wait, river. Wait, wait, like as in part of a merf merfolk or like, like, like a fin that has been severed from a merfolk has just bounced off your leg and continued on its way down the river. I'm, 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 I'm staying in the river now and I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm looking. Okay. I'm you look for more. You look, but you don't see anything immediately. Uh, you can roll perception. Let's see if you can find anything over time. Thanks, if, chat, if by the way, for one, rolling the tension pool. If another one goes by, I'm trying to pick it up. Um, perception, you said? Yeah. I gotta pull up my PDF. Let's go. Uh, that's a 10. All right. Uh, you are kind of looking and you, you miss two more somethings that bounce off your leg before you're finally able to catch something and you pull it up. And it's like a chunk of shin that you, like, pull out of the water. What? Um, it does not look to have been cut by, like, a tool. It looks like like this merfolk was, like, obliterated by an explosion type of thing. I'm going to immediately just toss it away onto the land, but just toss it away. I'm like... Okay. I rolled yeah. for it, you tossed it away, and it landed on the side where the drow are eating. Uh, yeah, I don't... You know, let's, uh, let's go somewhere else, yeah. Let's go somewhere else. All right, like... Uh, yeah, as Mushroom there... Vision nods. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, let's... Like he's in VR. Yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was like... Uh. Um... Yeah, no, all right, I, I, mm, mm. all right, I'm just gonna, I, all right, the river wasn't good. That's disturbing. The conversation wasn't good. Fox is, Fox is looking for a little spot that's not a river, not, not people. He's just gonna find a spot. Okay, <laughs> so you just like get out of the river. Are you going on the, the campsite or the non campsite? Non campsite. Okay, you go on the non campsite. And you, um, you just kind of like crouch there behind some stalagmites. I'm just gonna rest against it and just like take some deep breaths, and relax for a bit. And you get a little, a little peace. <laughs> yes, chat. It's a little late for spare the dying. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. Way to way to uh, lighten the mood there. That was good. So we jump back to our conversation uh, where you all are talking. You you have no knowledge of what happened to Fox since he just like went and found somewhere to sit. Yeah. So what's going How on? How far are we from Tumblewhead, man? How far are you now? Yeah. 
you are approximately 60 miles from Tumbleweb to the north. It would likely take Alan. you two or three days using your cart or on foot. It may take you four or five days. Are you comfortable with carrying that that whole way? Uh, I do believe uh, it will not be a problem as long as there's no scenario where I need to sprint. If that makes sense. <laughs> um, I, I can't say that it'll come up, but I can't guarantee that we won't need to at some point, man. We're being chased, but, you know. In, in that case, it may come down to a situation where when we had the cart, we would have needed to abandon the cart, and in without the cart, we may need to abandon the wingle digits. It's a reality that we may have to prepare for, but it is not one we will attempt to manifest. There is only one from... Um, one one other traveler from the Bright World Company who has who has taken Kyvan's hunt as a as a route of her travel. Um, a a drow with purple hair and teal eyes that seem not to have pupils. Um, she she wears a set of sheaths over her shoulders. Uh, one in uh, there's a sword in each sheath, and one of the swords uh, burns with fire, and the other seems chilled by ice. They each have ciphers at the end of them. Um, she has uh, on her on her chest a uh, an emblem of a rod breaking over an anvil. Ooh. She's the uh, only other we've seen take that way, and she travels there very rarely. That's wow. not the same description as the person we met in the in the scary crack house, right? No. Okay. Um, oh, do we figure out what that symbol was? Haven't we seen that symbol? It's the Bright We've World Company, it, isn't it? The rod breaking Wait. over an anvil is not the Bright World Company. The did Bright World I Company mention- is a circle oh. bisected by a vertical line. Did I did I mention that vision? Uh, you you know that the symbol is relevant in some way, but you have not figured out what it means yet. Okay. Because it also um, came up in Jeb's uh, grandpa's diary. Yeah. Do you know who that person is, or did you just know they went that? No, we do not interfere with travelers unless it is a direct part of our quest. We are following a prophecy and are not interested in anything that has not to do with it. Uh, so, prophecy, man. how does that involve us? You, we thought, were employees of the Bright World Company and therefore were part of our prophecy. Uh he kind of he, he gets that he gets that look on his face of someone who's trying to recall exact words. He goes, "I only ever heard part of it, but deep in the West lies an evil forgotten, evil as ancient as time. If the five should fall, it will strike down the gods, severing might from mind. I believe there is more, but I I have never heard it, and frankly, I have no mind for solving such puzzles beyond the." specific tactical information that whoever it is that is responsible for us losing our connection with with our god Selvatarm, whoever caused and he kind of like chokes up a little bit whoever they are here in the west and we believe them to be the bright world company we think the same man Toth like comes over and like pats him on the shoulder I lost my connection to my god too man he takes like a couple deep, steadying breaths. Okay. Here's the other things that, that we have learned, and then we want to know all that you have learned. In a 
fair exchange of information. And we'll just assume for the like game mechanics wise, you just we just assume you tell them and I'll add some data yeah. to the tension pool for the passage of time. Yeah, we're yeah. open books right now. Yeah. And yep. they seem trustworthy. We know that there are three kinds of wingle digits and two kinds of ciphers. We know that there are greater standard and lesser wingle digits, and that each of them possesses more or less magical power. To be specific, as I pull up my notes, to be specific, a lesser wingle digit can be used in groups of 10 to trigger a cantrip, while standard wingle digits can be used in groups of 10 to trigger one spell slot, a level one spell slot. Greater wingle digits can be used to trigger higher spell slots by increasing them by tens. So 10 greater wingle digits is a level two spell slot, 20 wingle digits, greater wingle digits is a level three, and so on and so forth. Uh, in this way, they are able to cast spells of increasing power. There is also a system of exchange uh, where each works in the way that gold and copper did. So 100 lesser wingle digits is equivalent to a wingle digit, and 100 wingle digits is equivalent to a greater wingle digit. They also tell you that there are two kinds of ciphers. There are some ciphers that are copper with a black bezel around the edge, and there are some ciphers that are black with copper bezels around the edge. The black ciphers with copper bezels around the edge can only perform a specific spell. Once they have been charged, they cannot take other spell scrolls. They can only ever be recharged with that same spell scroll. But the copper with black bezel ciphers can use any spell. They can be charged in between with different spell scrolls. What kind what? of cipher did Wash give me? Wash, do you have that down in your notes, or do you need me to find it? I have it, so I can click um, over to it if I need it. Let me check. I, I believe don't think you had I a have black that with a copper down. bezel. I believe yours was black with a copper bezel, because you took yours from circles, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah I so believe it, it was black with a copper bezel. Okay, so it is now permanently charged to the Cure Wound spell. Got it. But that means that it won't... Like, it consumed the spell... Um, like the spell scroll, but it won't burn up that spell scroll once it's like been attuned to it. Uh, no, so it, it will still need a recharging, but it will recharge to that spell no matter what scroll you put in it. So you could like write a cantrip spell scroll and put it in there and it will still recharge to cure wounds. Interesting. Hmm. <clears throat> so there's pros and cons to each. Yeah. Yeah. Because spells are technically cheaper once you can use cantrips to get get access to whatever you've charged that with. Yeah. But at the same time. But um, there's no freedom there. That's right. The, that's no the yeah, yeah. downside. So that's how those work. Um, and then they obviously spend a long time talking to you and, and getting to know all the information that you have as well. Mm -hmm. um, do I do I recall the uh, the kind of spell? I mean, the kind of cipher that Fox lifted off of that one guard. Yeah, Fox lifted the other kind of cipher. Copper. Mm -hmm. A copper cipher. Um, could you explain to me the mechanics of, of the ciphers and the wingle digits? Um, like, since Jeb explained it to me, I forget exactly how they work. Yeah, uh, wingle digits are um, basically a currency, but they also are like a partial magical yeah. charge. 
So what you do is you push Wingle digits into the de- uh, a cipher. Sorry, cipher is a is a rectangle about the size of a Sheikah slate. In the center of it, there's a hexagonal hole, and you push ciphers into that hole or Wingle digits okay. into that hole. Um, it's also charged with a spell scroll um, using proprietary technology. That's actually them like flipping it over and laying the scroll against the back of it, or it, for some of them, it's like sliding it into a slot. They've, you know, at the dig site, they were experimenting with all different kinds. So you're not sure which one they've adopted or if they've adopted a standard, but all of them get charged somehow with a spell scroll, which they consume upon casting. So you put your, your, uh, wingle digits into the cipher, you flip it over, you push a button, the spell goes off and then it consumes both the spell scroll and the, uh, wingle digits inside. And that's the way they work as they're casting, Um, they glow. So Zothkug's cipher is... UBC USB A, right? And the other ones are like USB C. Yes. Okay. They're actually nice. the reason there are two different kinds is that they're actually beta and then production uh, models. Yeah. The beta ones, they were like, oh, we got it to cast a spell. And so Circles, who was kicked out for stealing, only had access to a beta cipher. Whereas most other people at this point have been upgraded to like a production model. Mm. So that's why the the one you have is the outlier. That's what happened there. I see. Um, yeah, so that's, those are the informations that you get. And the wingle digits that we have are standards, right? Yes. You have standard wingle digits, which means they can be used to cast level one. And obviously like they can go backwards. No worries. So like if it takes 10 lesser wingle digits and, um, one standard is a hundred lessers, then one standard wingle digit will cast a cantrip. It's not like a, you know, it's not like you need 10 of them to go. Okay, uh, so so they go up in John. increments of a hundred, not powers of ten like gold, copper, silver used to. Okay. Right. Could I try something? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I would like to try putting in one standard wingle digit, and then channeling my magical power to cast a cantrip. It does not work. It doesn't work. None of the materials are consumed, but it also does not work. Okay, got it. So I need the cipher. I can't just use convert wingle digits to match raw magic power that i can use well and remember wingle digits are at their core arcane so there's yeah. probably some some type of mismatch there that's going on yeah makes sense mm-hmm. makes sense i just had to try mm-hmm. totally makes sense nice hey where's fox uh maybe how I long should does go it take to pee as your he, he may have gone number two however that is also taking a long time <laughs> number two um, okay, so over back over to Fox. You're just kind of sitting and like vibing and chilling, and and yeah, who's like resting his little mushroom head on your on the side of your head for like like to help calm you. Yeah, begins emitting those same purple spores, and you begin to feel your emotions just kind of like like relax. It's not that you don't feel; it's just that the feelings are less severe. Like it's it's not that tightening panic in your chest or whatever. Um, so you just get like a, you, you basically are back in control of your emotions. Hey, yeah. You lose your mushroom vision and a couple spores pass in front of you. And then yeah, goes, yes. You ever, um, you ever meet Merfolk? No, I had not left my, my small garden before journeying with you. Yeah. Sorry. That was probably, yeah, I know you, you didn't know, but, uh. Yeah, no, it's just, man. Mm. Today's not a good day, man. <laughs> Can you tell me more? Well, uh, I mean, 
Listen, I, I like to keep things close to the chest, okay? I, I don't like people knowing my personal business, and here we are. We just met these people. We're telling them everything we know. I, I, I get it. I get it. I, I do. It's just, I don't know. It's, it was running me up a wall. And now I walk into a river, and it's filled with chunks of merfolk, and I just, today's just not, you know, it's just not a good day. Yeah, grabs onto your lapel and like swings down. Yeah, says, now I am close to your chest and you can tell Aww. me things. Aww. <laughs> Even Fox is not immune to that. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah so much. Yeah. The true hero of the story. Yep. You know, I used to know a merfolk. That was a long time ago. Were they your friend? I definitely, definitely think so. Hopefully a little bit more, but <laughs> if anything, a friend. Really good friend. His name was Zoth. <laughs> Zoth the Merfolk. Get out of here. Let him have his moment. Sorry. Um, what, what was it like to know a Merfolk? How did you speak to them? Weren't they in the water? Yeah, those were the days. Oh, back before magic fell. I mean, to be honest, oh. I can't remember much. But you used magic to speak. Yeah, it was it was it was a time where anybody could visit the merfolk. I I mean, I was really young at the time. But man, I used to remember times we had run through between the merfolk's little buildings. She would always just have to drag me everywhere. It was a pretty good time. I saw a lot so of you would have to lay down and be and be dragged to places? Is that because it was underwater and you could not swim? Oh, no, no, no. Um, so, you know, when you're in the water, uh, you're kind of like, it's like a weird weightless feeling, right? Um, but... You know, you can swim. You can move your hands, and you push, you know, the water out of your way, and you swim. Uh, but merfolk are just a lot better at it. So I'm over here. The equivalent of if you saw somebody walking, right, and they're like, that's the fastest I can move. And then you saw somebody else sprinting down the road. It's like that, that kind of difference, you know? Wow. So, yeah, man. When you... See, they had, like, coral growing out of, like, the buildings and such. Some of them were made out of coral. And it's colorful and beautiful. And the... And the it, man, I, I can't remember much, but I remember the sights. What were they like? It was a magical city. I, I only remember, like, a few key parts of it, but just the amount of color, man, you've... You've lived your whole life underground, haven't you? Yes. So much color, man. And it's more than you could even see on the surface, right? There's On the surface, you see the blue of the sky, you know, the greens and, and all the different colors of flowers, reds, yellows. Um, but the coral's just everything. All of these colors. It sounds amazing. Yeah, she showed me a lot of things, man. 
Those were the days. Will you take me one day to see the colors? You know what? Yeah. If we get out of this alive, <laughs> we get to the ocean. Maybe I can show you that. If I mean, I don't know how I'm going to get down there without magic, but. Well, aren't we going to bring the magic back? You know what? I like that optimism, yeah. I, I don't know if we really will, but if we do, I'll take you there. How about that? That's our deal. It's a deal. And yeah, climbs down your arm and like shakes your thumb. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, we, sh we should probably head back. It's getting probably people are starting to worry. Okay. Uh, so you, you head back, you wade across the river, nothing else bumps into you, nothing, nothing spoopy happens. You get to the other side, you pass by the thing you flung from yourself earlier, um, and you just, yeah, I'm assuming you just kind of don't look at it and walk by. Yeah. Um, and you head back to the camp, and you get there just as everyone is saying, man, if he's doing number two, it's still taking him a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, just... uh. You know how it is. We've been eating rations like how many days now in a row? <laughs> uh, did you eat the spicy chili rations? Is that that I've made the mistake of that a few days ago? Uh, similar length of time needed <sighs> but to recover. But it was with flavor, man. I agree. I agree. It is a conflicting scenario. I'm a fan of flavor. Zoth is looking at Fox like, like he knows what's actually happened or going on. And like giving you like a you okay vibe. I give him a look. pointed look like mind your own fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, how was it? Yeah, you good? Yeah, just nods. Just kind of like cl climbs back into the pot and curls up and contentedly goes to sleep. Nice, man. Sleep well, little dude. Sleep well. So, uh... uh uh, how common are, are merfolk in this river or nearby at all? I ask the... The captain. Yeah. The captain Stonespear uh, looks looks back at you and goes, we've not seen merfolk in these parts for two years, I think. So you haven't seen merfolk in these parts. What about parts of merfolk? <laughs> What are you talking about, man? What? It's pretty dark, even for you, Fox. What are you talking about? No, we we haven't seen anything so, like that. Funny story. Um, I was taking a little. You know, I waded across the river. You know, to find a private space. Right to answer the call um, of nature. Yes. And a, a couple things bumped to my leg, and uh, I, I it was quite a few, more than one. Uh, I managed to pull one out. And I, you know, it's, uh, it's over there somewhere. I'm not, you, you can go check it out yourself. You'll find it. The captain immediately uh, stands up and walks over to go look at it. Keb goes with oh, him. Yeah, we'll follow. Yeah. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll stay at the table. Okay. <laughs> Matt, would you have told, or would Fox have told Zoth, uh, the merfolk stuff? No. No. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. But I will say he probably knows I was looking for alone time. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so you all get over there and you find indeed what appears to be a piece of like severed or exploded leg. Uh, Zoth stayed with Fox and was just like, like, like looks around is like, 
You okay, man? Not right now, man. It's fine. Okay. It's, let's focus on what we got in front of us, okay? Okay, man. If you need me, I'm here for you, bud. Uh, Owlin will uh, look at the... Like, try to, like, not wade into the water, but observe the water to see if there's more uh, um, of what what he was talking about. It's not frequent, but you do see the occasional, like, it, it takes about 30 minutes in total for all of it to pass. So if you stay that long to mm. observe, then that's how long you see it for. And it's just, like, the occasional, like, little bit, because the stream's not moving very quickly. So, you uh -huh. know, a little bit, like, comes into view and moves, and a, and a little bit more comes into bit and moves. And they're, they're such small pieces and, and so incomplete that it's hard to tell if it's one creature or multiple that have been exploded. Gotcha. Where, okay. Which way is this river flowing? Is it flowing away from the dark site or towards the dark site? It's flowing away from the dark site. The, ah. It's the same river, actually, so it's flowing yeah. north towards Tumbleweb. Um, Captain Stone Spear like crouches down and wait, pulls wait, out. Wait, 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 wait. Go ahead. It's it's north towards Tumbleweb. That's towards the dark side, is it not? Yes. And so away you from dark side six. So it's not flowing from the dark side. No, I'm sorry. So I might have said dark instead of dig. It's flowing away ah, from the dig site and towards okay. Tumbleweb where the dark side is. Ooh, My bad. Sorry, it. guys. Okay. Um, I will fill Fox in on what happened while they. Do that. Oh, the conversation you guys had? That's fine. Yeah. Captain Stone Spear kind of like crouches down at the side of the water and pulls out a stone spear and kind of like reaches out and he lifts up another piece. He goes, mm -hmm. it's definitely merfolk. And he puts it back down in the water and goes, this is an atrocity. What What could have motivated something like this? I don't know. It, it looks, he's going to roll survival to see if he can figure out what happened to them. Um, also, while he's doing that, is there still like a smell in this water, that that gasoline smell? No. Okay. The gasoline smell is gone, so it's it's just like I mean, if there weren't dead things in it, it would probably be clean sure. enough to drink. Um, he he, you know, it's still on the end of his spear, and he kind of examines it, and he goes, "It it looks to have been singed on on the ends, perhaps perhaps exploded, perhaps there was some kind of of conflagration that that caused this to happen." And he sets it gently back down in the water to continue on its way. Um, behind you, you didn't even hear him approach. One of the lieutenants has walked up beside him. And he just says, Dear Selvatarm, I hope they died in battle. And he sits down and performs like a funeral rite over the water, like a really mm. solemn funeral rite. And then he pushes a stone out into the river that kind of like flows with the rest of, of the stuff as it's moving uh, northward towards Tumbleweb. Gotcha. The captain turns around and goes, I don't know what to make of this. Uh, perhaps your friend does. He seemed particularly affected. Mm. However, you are welcome to stay the night here if you like and continue traveling tomorrow. I assure you, no Bright World Company employee has ever found us. And if any ever did, they'd certainly never have time to tell. And he that just kind of walks off to go back about his captainy duties. That is Thanks, greatly Cap. appreciated. Um, do you want to do anything in the camp before you turn in for the night? Anything with the with the rest of your of your day? Um, I want to have a. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say it. It's like a functioning war camp. So they have like a smithy. They have an armorer. They have. Uh, it's ah. not really a tailor, but they have someone who's got a needle and thread and can like mend clothes. Hmm. Basically, they've got the mess hall if you want to try and like purchase some extra rations. You know, so they they've got stuff like that if you have anything you want to do. Um, um, guys, <clears throat> I think we should try and 
get get a move on. Maybe we could just sleep on take shifts on the cart. Uh, the guys are chasing us, and as soon as warning gets out to the entire dig site, you know it'll be much harder for us to do anything. So we gotta stay ahead of them. I mean, if they have magic at their disposal, who knows if they've already warned everyone? I think we have to operate on that assumption. I personally, this is this is my. Uh suggested route uh i believe we should stay the night here enjoy the comfort and safety of this camp for one night then uh continue on the route of the uh that creature's hunt i cannot remember the name of the creature kyvin's hunt someone laughs from behind you is that where you taking kyvin's hunt they are ballsier than i thought they were and two kind of like like rough and tumble soldiers (laughs) walk up towards you and as they get closer, you can see that one of them is like a like a stacked lady, and she's got two small hammers clipped to her belt, and then two throwing axes like holstered on her back. And she says, "Hi, I'm Sledge. I'm the armorer here." And she like holds out a hand to shake. And ah, uh, I was actually going to uh, uh, attempt to approach you later. Uh, well, I've approached if, you if now, I have haven't I? And next to her, there's um, just a, a sort of like. He, he looks like a run-of-the-mill soldier, like kind of a, a grunt infantryman. Um, and he goes, hello, the name is uh, Silas. Sir T-Sab, with some tension, I appreciate you. The name is Silas. I uh, couldn't help but notice you were staying the night. I thought maybe, you know, maybe you'd like to play some games. And he pulls out a couple dice that he's got in, a little, games, in a little man. set of his pocket. Wait, 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 uh, Alan, were you just trying to hit on, on uh, her? Uh, out of character, no. He legitimately wanted to see if he could find some armor. Oh, I know, <laughs> but it's just the way he worded it. Fox is uh, yeah. the hell out of you. Oh, it, Fox said that in character. Yes. Uh, uh, n- no. Uh, I I am simply interested in uh, seeing if I, I. It may be beneficial for the future of our endeavors for me to not go around dressed like this. And he like gestures to the fact that he's just wearing fur underwear and fur boots. <laughs> It's not um, the best combat look I've ever seen. I'll give you that. And she kind of like laughs to herself. <laughs> I do believe it is a good look, however, not a good combat look. I agree with that with that statement. Um, however, uh, before good we get too ahead say. of ourselves, uh, Zothkug, uh, Owlin like puts a hand in front of Zothkug. Uh, do be careful playing games in a uh, soldier's war camp. Uh, you will lose all of your money. Um, and just, uh, Silas so, looks at you and goes, "Spoil sport." <laughs> and come uh, on, mate, he says to Zothkug, trying again. You know, a coin's a card, and a card's a coin. You know what? I'll take you up on that offer. I'm in, man. I, I we gotta no. we gotta relieve some of the this. Uh... No, Zoth, Zoth. Yeah, man. You should take a rest. You know, it's been a long day. I've got this. <laughs> are, are you sure man i mean i could really use the unwinding well it, it, you know i i could really use uh not having to play for two people <laughs> <laughs> all right man uh do you guys have some sort of temple or something around here any worship place even a small shrine or something man uh well it's not really my my Sorry, I just choked on nothing, <laughs> and I nearly died, and my life flashed before my eyes. Give me a second. 
and nothing came out. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. I joked on nothing. I'm still doing it. <laughs> Jeb's got some business he's going to take care of tonight, okay. so we can we can take care of that stuff later. Worshiping's not really my speed, but you know, some of the soldiers like to do a little right before bedtime, a little a little prayer, a little whatever. But we don't have like no shrines or nothing. All right, man. You said Jeb's heading to bed. <laughs> oh, he's got some business to do, and then he's oh, okay. going to bed. Great. Um, let's do let's do our dice games for, dice games first. Cool. Box, you uh, head over with Silas, who leads you back to a group. There's like four other soldiers there, and they're like, "Ah, oh, yeah. Here's the deal. It's super simple." And they hand you two d6. Okay. And they go. All right. Here's the deal. You roll these. And you win if you get 7 to 12, okay? So everybody puts a coin in the pot, and they all pick up a, a gold coin. Or you can put a wingle digit in the pot, and they hold up a wingle digit. Everybody puts one in, so that means there's four total in the ante, right? Now, if you get a 7 or a 12, you get them. All right. Uh, can I roll um, whatever it would be to see as I, when it's passed to me if the dice are weighted? Sure. Uh, roll slate of hand with advantage. This is this is like your area as a rogue. Uh, yeah. Jeb tosses wow. a coin in the pot. Oh, okay. Jeb joined him. Hey, welcome, welcome, short one. Come on over. Didn't realize uh, there was money involved. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he so would, he Fox, would do that. Fox didn't really have a long time to really feel it, uh, because the best he rolled. Was luckily he has a large modifier. The best he rolled was a ten. Okay, uh, they don't feel weighted to you. They seem fine. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and roll. Do I just go ahead and roll? You're the newbie. You can roll first. If you don't get it, goes around to the next man, and we keep going until someone wins. If it makes a full loop to you, we gotta ante up again. All right. All right. Do I DM? Do I do I just roll roll? Yeah, roll two d six, and you want a seven or a twelve. Two, three. I got a five. All right, you didn't win. The uh, the roll passes to Jebediah Peppermint. All right, listed little short stuff. Let's see if you can roll. Got a five and a two, pup. <laughs> Blimey, he got it on the first roll. You're lucky. You can't stop there, right? I mean, that's four gold, but we'll go double or nothing. Oh yes, sir. We certainly will. All right. There are now there are now four gold. One wingle digit plus four wing no three wingle digits and whatever you two add to the pot. I'm just doing gold. Okay. Yeah, I'm adding gold. Six gold uh, and four wingle digits are in the pot. That was my last gold. The the soldier <laughs> whose roll it is next takes his roll. Ah, four and a four. I'll get him next time. The next man rolls. Ha ha! Read him and we boys six and a one. What mm. if we? What if we double it even more? I like the way you think, stranger. And he flips out a wingle digit and adds it to the pot. Hey, hey, Jeb, Jeb, can you cover me? Yeah, I got you, pup. Three more. There are three more wingle digits in the pot, bringing us to seven wingle digits. Six gold plus. Are you both doing gold? What, whatever yeah. he covers me with, yeah. Okay, so two more gold. So eight, eight gold and four wingle digits are in the pot right now. The third soldier rolls. All right, come on, come on, come on. Ah, blimey, it's a five. And the roll comes back to you, tall folk. Two. Five! 
<laughs> Literally, Fox yells, five! <laughs> in the group. Ah, nuts. So you've got, right now, that's what you've won. One of them looks at you, he kind of like side-eyes you and goes, what do you think of doubling it? Mm. What are you thinking? Mm. Huh? Huh? You know what? You know what I'm thinking? You're only going to be in camp once, right? That's right. And I'm only going to take this one in once. So bye, folks. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, ah, blimey. They're, you know, they're, they're looking around at each other. We shouldn't have, we should have used the stupid weighted dice. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Jeb good, offers good a goblet up to, up to the one who's very, very vocal with some water and says, uh, here, my friend, drink... A drink to your next to your next win, and Much I have used prestidigitation to flavor it like key lime pie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good sell the time almighty. That was delicious. What what in the world? Is, what do you ca- you carrying magic booze with you? What what is that? Oh, that's an old, that's grandma's special. Actually, grandpa's special. But, uh, you know, first one's free if you want some want some more. That'll cost you a wingle digit. <laughs> <laughs> Roll persuasion with advantage. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jeb's a businessman, y'all. <laughs> Rise and grind, says Jeb. Oh, 18. the grind set. Grind 18. Set. Okay. Uh, Jake, roll a d10, and Matt, roll a d10. The sum of those together is how many wingle digits Jebediah is able to make peddling his fake key lime pie beverage. <laughs> Six. Six. All right, 12. You make 12 wingle digits. Nice. Selling your wares. All right, uh, while that's happening over there, uh, Owlin, you wanted to go back with Sledge to the, the armory kind of tent or lean to or whatever so you walk back yep. there and she's got you know her little forge and the anvil and you know all the pieces are there and she goes so what you need i am interested in purchasing something that will not impede my impede my movement too much but will offer more protection than this mm. uh, i was thinking possibly a breastplate uh with with leather armor um may suffice we can make some of that but it's gonna cost what would you. That, what would that cost? Well, a breastplate's gonna be around four hundred gold pieces. Oh my goodness. Uh, I cannot afford that. I apologize profusely. Um, hmm. What would a scale mail set cost me? Let me check my ledger books. She, I don't know why I'm using the soldier's voice. Let me check my ledger books. Uh. <laughs> Alan, I just made a whole bunch of money. You need some? <laughs> That'll be much cheaper. You looking for some scale mail? I can do that for 50 gold pieces. Ah, uh, well, Jebediah, I do not want to um, impede on, on, on your sales today. Uh, could I ask for the pricing on perhaps a chain shirt? Of course you could. Fifty gold pieces. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, well, um, I currently do not have fifty gold pieces. 
However, I do have uh, 15 gold pieces. And I guess I totally forgot at some point to write down... Is that, have I gained any wingle digits? Uh, no, Besides... you never collected pay because you guys oh, okay. robbed the dig site and fled. Great. Um, I suppose you collected I can foot you 27. What's up? I can foot you 27, Alan. Gold. Ah, uh, I greatly appreciate that. Um, that would put me at... 40, uh, 27, how many, uh, 15 plus 20 is 35, that'd be 42, that would be 8 shy, um, I'll do it for 42, it just feels like the answer to something, and she, I'll throw in a couple <laughs> cups of, uh, key lime juice, <laughs> now you got yourself a deal, and she, thank you so much, Jebediah, she double fists the key lime juice, just like tosses it back, and then immediately follows it with a shot of whiskey, and then like turns around and just grabs her warhammer and uses it to start hammering mail into place and and building the thing Man. for you. She builds I'm you jealous. whichever you'd prefer, cha uh, chain shirt or scale mail. Um, um, so the the pros and cons, and I guess I'll I'll you just I'll, decide. I'll, okay, um, I yeah. would like to pull pull the uh, the audience as in my party here to see what their opinions are. A chain shirt has an AC of 13. My current AC is 11 with no armor. Um, AC of 13, so my AC would increase by 2. A okay. uh, scale mail will give me an AC of 14, so my AC would increase by 3. However, I would have disadvantage on all, on all stealth checks. I'm already bad at stealth as it is. Yeah, you know what? Take the AC. I'd say take the AC bump. You're a barbarian, right? Yes, yes he's a barbarian. Don't you have un one that mess with unarmored defense? It will. Oh shoot! Ooh. How does that work again? Uh, I'd have to pull your, it up. Your uh, AC is your Dex bonus plus your Constitution bonus. Yeah, and uh, so, um, funnily enough, my Dex is so bad that that's why my AC is eleven. So, um, uh, so you'd profit. <laughs> I would profit because I my believe... my my Dex modifier is minus one. I believe there are barbarian things, though, that require you to be unarmored. I can look, though. Uh, I'm pulling it up. Hold on. Okay. Wait, guys. We got a min-max here, yep. chat. Okay. Um, yeah, you I mean, can. Chat, if you have you opinions know, you gotta... on this, you should speak into it. Tell, tell them which uh, which shirt's more styling. <laughs> which which fit is his uh, best. Yeah. <laughs> which one's the drip? Which one's the drip, chat? <laughs> <laughs> You can't wear heavy armor. While raging, you gain the following benefits if you aren't wearing heavy armor. Uh, this is medium armor. Oh, okay. Yep. There you go. Chat just blessed Owlin. Aw, thank you. Owlin, next time blessed. you attack or make a save, you get to add a d4 to it. That's great. Chat's Owlin. been very benevolent tonight with their with their magic. Grub, benevolent? They started this with with a bunch of, of encounter... Um, I said with their magic... Specifically, they've chosen to cast positive magics for the most part. They have That's triggered true. some random encounters, but you you survived. Grubbug just <laughs> makes me feel blessed, you know, and I think that's that. I just need to value that. Um, so I think getting medium armor shouldn't because barbarians have proficiency in medium armor. Like that's that shouldn't be a bad thing, right? Yeah, man. I mean, I think it looks good on you. I think you're you're. Your muscle, like your frame, it, it'll look really nice. Uh, you, Amen. but think about it. We're going to be sneaking. We're going to be traveling a good bit. You probably don't want, you know, something that's going to be noisy. 
Uh, it is I, true. We're trying to sneak into a dark site, you know. This is I, true. I, I believe the male shirt, uh, it, it, it only covers the top half of my body, so the legs can still breathe. And, um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I believe that that will be that will be a helpful a helpful piece. Thank Chat, you. For any of you who haven't gotten the mental picture of what he looks like, basically picture someone dressed like Tarzan. He's like a seven and a half He's, foot tall I mean, dude with like does, a They don't need the mental picture. Sandals. They've had a real picture this whole time. I will yeah. not be updating the sprite. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just finished. No, it. that's okay. That's Thank okay. You. Yeah, that's totally fine. Uh, so yes, now I have my my chain shirt. Cool. And you, she looks at you like, remember, you don't have to always wear it. Like, if you sneak it, you could just take it off. Ah, this is true. I did not, I did not quite think of that. Yeah, you know, it's it's As not really wrinkle. meant to be. It's he's, not like you don't sleep in it, right? He's not, not used to having clothes on. So he doesn't he kind of forgets that you guys. can take it off and put it on. <laughs> guys, guys, I, you know what? This is this is important. We need to, you know what? We need to huddle. Okay. <laughs> let's let's because this is important. All right, listen. How how often does does uh how often does he sneak? You know, how often does I, he sneak? I do not often sneak. However, I have already purchased the male shirt, <laughs> and I do believe that um the that the opportunities for sneaking may increase if we choose to go the uh the creepy route. Well, that this we were huddles for nothing going. then. Okay, <laughs> you look over, and Sledge has leaned into the huddle and is like, I couldn't help but notice. Uh, M Mr. Mr. Rogue here, uh, on your belt, you've got a little bit of a, an open, open slot there where you, where you normally might hang some particular tools for, you know, door removal and entrance and things, you know, l l navigating rocks. And All I, right, yeah. You I wanna, can't... you wanna talk about that? Right uh, well, there? I was yeah. just saying, you know, for a price, I, I could be persuaded to construct some, you know. What kind of price you talking? I don't know what kind of price you offering, love. Uh, looks at my. How much did I win? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jeb just gave all your winnings to. Oh no, you took yours and left, right? So they're yeah. separate. Okay, so what what are your winnings? Whatever the pot was, I just gave two you gold back to Jeb. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It was it was wiggle digits and Chat, some I gold. I think it was eight gold. And like four wingle digits, maybe? Something like that. All right. Well, operating off of eight gold and four wingle digits, I would have given two back to Jeb. Um, so I have six gold, four wingle digits. Um, I, I start hefting the wingle digits. Like, <laughs> uh, I've got a couple of wingle digits I could throw in there. Haven't pulled out mm. the gold yet. Haven't pulled out the gold yet. How many wingle digits? I go ahead and uh, flip them through my hands. Uh, one, two, three, four. I got four right here. How about four wingle digits and... Some more of that juice. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you got yourself a deal. Four wingle digits and one more of them juices. I mean, it gets you right here. They got the time. juice. And once I'm you just get saying, used they to got it. the juice. <laughs> Yo... Jeb, thanks for paying for it. <laughs> All right, and I uh, pop over the Wingledons, and uh, you, you, you know what I'm looking for. Y'all can call me Little Juice. 
juice. Little juice. That was my nickname in high school. We got pebbles, <laughs> and now we got little juice. <laughs> Uh, and she she turns around and takes her warhammer that she's been using to like cast things, and she literally swings it over her head in one big two handed strike, and just smashes it into like a a copper sheet, and smashes that into like a brass sheet to reinforce it, and then kicks it with her bare foot into the forge to like heat up. She goes, "Give me a second. And she turns around and hits the bellows with her hammer. So one great big whoomp and the fire rages up and it comes out melting hot. She reaches in with one of those like pizza pan things and like pulls out <laughs> just this sheet of copper that's like melting hot on like a, a stone slab basically. She just goes, this is hot, don't touch it. She turns around and just boom, smacks it into a casting. So rather than actually getting it melted, it's the force of the impact that forces it into the shape of the mold. And then she just like pulls it out, like touching it with her bare skin and hands you a set of thieves tools. They are a set of plus one thieves tools, which means Ooh. that you can add Ooh. one to your roll when you are thieves tooling. You know magic. I, I they're not magical. Lie. They're just that good. She's a master. Cool. Crafter. They're cool. I was yeah. going to lie. I, I, I saw you moving that hammer around. I'm like, I, I wasn't sure, sure you could make delicate delicate stuff here but you saying i don't look delicate delicate she puts the <laughs> hammer over her shoulder and kind of sits back i'll meet you in the pit i'll show you who's delicate yeah and 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 is that gonna prove you're delicate now <laughs> good point you raise a good point, you raise a good point. <laughs> she takes another shot of whiskey <laughs> ma'am oh. um could i could i get you to do a just a small thing for me not not something very very big and Jeb mm. is going to reach into his pack and pull out the chunk of silver ore that okay. he got way back in the first way station. And he's going to pull out the hunting knife that he got from Circles. Okay. Okay. Could you silver this for me? Yeah, something that small won't take no time. Uh, Fox, to heal your broken heart after seeing all the meat merfolk, chat has cast cure wounds upon you. Aww. Um she she takes the ore and literally without Thanks, looking Chad. throws it over her shoulder. You hear it <laughs> right into the forge and she just goes, "Nailed it." And then she just slides the hammer off her shoulder and gravity thunks it down onto the bellows. Whoosh! The forge swells up in this big fire thing. And this time she grabs the tiniest like they look like a pair of tweezers, set of tongs, reaches right into the forge and like tongs out the ore. And she brings the ore over and she goes, now this one's going to be real toasty, so don't touch it. I mean, unless you're me, because I'm invincible. And she like sets it down uh, near the knife. And then she kind of like her body blocks your view of the knife. So you don't see exactly what she's doing. But when she finishes, she just turns around and hands you the knife. It's perfectly cooled. It's all bonded and correct. And what she's done is the entire blade has been silvered. And then she's also had just enough ore that on the hilt, she was able to kind of etch in like a little um, mini Jebediah, like with his little pointy hat going up the handle Aww. in silver. Um, Jeb is going to put the hunting knife into the uh, um, circle's sheath so it looks like a sword poking out. Oh, nice. That's cool. Um, you you do that. It happens. Um, it takes like, you know, maybe you have to like get a, a strap of fabric or whatever to hold it in place, but you, you do and it's fine. Would she be willing to actually cut down this sheath and make it into like a hunting knife sheath? Like save the top of it and like custom that for him? Not for free, love. I'll do it for a few gold pieces. 
Business is mm. good today. Business business has been good today. Um, you know what? For circles, I'll pitch in for half. Uh, I'll toss her a wingle digit. She takes the wingle digit and looks at it. Ooh, one of the standards. She like adds it to her little you know they're they're like coin purses but they're the hexagonal yeah. shape of wingle digits so that you can push the whole stack of 10 somewhere um chat is about to suggest a complication for 2000 points we got chat going big tonight what's um, the complication and she does make those modifications to the sheath so it's now a hunting knife sheath basically on the inside you're keeping it sword looking right on the outside so it's like a hunting knife sheath on the inside. No, of the like sword like I was just realizing this is like a short sword sheath, so it'd be I like dragging it. the ground with uh, with Jeb. But I just want to like essentially I want to keep the spirit of the, that this is uh, circles stuff. Great. And that I'm just like making it like a little you know like a little hip uh, sheath to knock the his hunting knife down into. Got it. Also, chat says complication unknown. They have DM'd me in the Discord what the complication is. Ooh. Uh, and, and it will be a secrety secret until it is relevant. Um, okay, so you have now had the the sheath modified to be like a hunting knife sized sheath. Are you wearing it at your hip, like where a, a sword would go? Uh, well, yeah, like like actually, like on his thigh. Okay, he's like like strapping it around his thigh under his uh under his cloak. Great. Um, Zothkug, what have you been doing this whole time? Uh, so Zothcock has a few things on the, the shopping list, so to speak. Okay. Uh, first, he wants to see if he can acquire more healer's kits. Okay. Uh, you head over to, they have like a, a simple kind of like medic's tent, basically. It's not even an infirmary. There's no beds or anything. Um, but you do head over there to see if they've got any healer's kit. <sighs> well, we've got some healing equipment, but uh, I mean, we're kind of using it for stuff you, you able to pay for it maybe so we can get some more supplies next time we're somewhere yeah man uh <clears throat> how much for for a healer's kit man five gold pieces is what it costs us when we go get new ones so how about six all right uh how many do you have they look back and they count by having wash Brunello roll a d6 <laughs> two they got two spare healer's kits that they are willing to sell you. So it'll be uh, a total of 12 shiny pieces. Yeah, man. Could I take both of them if you don't mind? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here. And they, they hand you the, the healer's things. They go, so you're a healer, huh? Yeah, man. I am. You don't look the type. Does that ever cause problems for you? Um, I, I was really a homebody, so where I'm from, I was sort of... The, the the runt of the, the, the pack, so to speak, so not mm. really, and I just started adventuring, you know, in these caves oh, and I all, see. so we haven't met too many people. When when you when you look like, you know, a creature with some with some darkness to it, you know, people always want to assume that you're you're just a fighter or whatever. It happens to us every time we go into town, you know, oh they're 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 the dark elves, oh their eyes have no pupils, oh they're the bad guys, you know, everyone's like that. But uh just just watch out for it, you know? The world yeah, needs man. more people to set an example. I totally couldn't agree with you more. Need more good vibes. Fox feels a little bit more guilty about <laughs> the first thing <laughs> he said about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Could you point me in the direction of, of, I guess, where I could purchase more or acquire more rations? Ah, you just want to go see the mess hall. Head over there. I think Silas is on duty tonight. 
And sure enough, when you get over there, it's <laughs> Silas, the same dude who was trying to get people to go gambling earlier. He's now like kind of working a shift in the mess hall. You can't tell for certain, but he's got the attitude that he might be being punished by like a superior who might have been at the gambling game who he can't <laughs> and he might have been given like mess duty when he was supposed to be off he goes what can i get you um could i get uh two weeks of rations please oh you're, you're trying to buy some stuff to take with you sure you can uh just one moment let me see if i can get things in order for you here um, okay, so he comes back to you with two weeks of rations. That's 14 basically packs. They're basically MREs, but instead yeah. of being in cans because canning food isn't really a thing here, they're like wrapped um, and kind of like tightened and salted. And so he hands you these these kind of packs of rations. Uh, and he goes, you want to pay in wingle digits? You want to pay in coin? Uh, how much in coin and how much in wingle digits? In coin, it's going to be, what's that? Dude, carry to one. It's going to be 60 silver pieces. Or I'll give it to you for, for a single less a wingle digit. I just give him one of the wingle digits that Jeb gave me. A standard. And he hands you a couple extra rations. So you actually get like 16 instead of 14. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Um, yeah. Happy and, to help. Uh, Come again. Real quick. Uh, I don't know if you, you've been able to do this, but um, do you... Uh, Guy, I've been very uh, stressed lately, man, and I'm looking for some uh, good vibes, if you know what I mean. I don't know what I can say <laughs> on the chat or what, where you want this, what, what, what is allowed, what isn't allowed to say. But um, I believe Twitch allows you to mention plants. Okay, <laughs> that's acceptable on Twitch. Looking for know. some. If we get banned, so, we'll know. <laughs> looking for some plants, man. If you have any, or who to go to, what group, where that is. Down here, I got nothing. I don't even know where you'd look. Never tried this stuff. I live down here, man. Maybe in Tumbleweb you can find something. Thanks, man. If he was go looking for something a bit more crazy, um, <laughs> hypothetically, allegedly, um, there are a lot of mushrooms down here. <laughs> He's not going to do that with yeah around. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, Zoth might do a little bit investigating, but he won't be out too long. Yeah, um, Alan is gonna probably go to bed after getting his chainmail shirt. He's, yeah. You know what? Uh, Fox all of a sudden feels a little better, and, and probably spends the night just trying to have fun with the people. Okay. Uh, what about you, Jeb? Um, I'm just gonna spend the rest of the night scribing some of these scrolls into my spellbook. Okay. Uh, you you scribe some of your your scrolls. Scribe your scrolls in your spell book. <laughs> um, is anybody else doing anything before they turn in for bed? Um, Zoth will uh, try and commune with with Kelnor again. Okay, nothing happens. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But he takes check. he he takes solace and you know it's comfort. Sorry, not solace. Comfort in in prayer and yeah. Then goes to sleep, huddle up with yeah. You said you're basically going to bed, right? Me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so after a merry night of revelry, even Fox turns in for bed. And you can join us next time. Not next Monday. I think next Monday we're actually doing some Jackbox and stuff because it's Valentine's Day. Um, 
But next time we stream D&D, which will be two Mondays from now, to find out how the adventure through Kyvan's hunt will go. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh,